Hello, and welcome to episode 149 of the Gaming Fix podcast on November 28th, 2020. I am your host, Andre Cole, a.k.a. your partner's favorite Rocky movie. I am joined today by Pat. I don't think my partner would watch a Rocky movie if maybe if you offered her a lot of money. Rocky, it's, I can't imagine a franchise she would like less than Rocky. You know what? I thought I wasn't going to like Rocky. I was like, what a boxing? Who gives a shit about boxing? Those movies are so damn funny. They're, like, they're good. They're well, I mean, they're good movies. They're, they're hilarious. They're pretty funny at times. They're, they're, they're well made. I mean, they're hard to take seriously through a modern lens at times, but um, they're good movies. Almost everyone involved in creating them turned out to be a massive shithead later on. As far as I know, except for like the brand, the new, new ones, the Michael B. Jordan. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Alex. We sports boxing got really hard. Like at mm. the end, like it just had a sudden mm. crazy difficulty spike. Mm. I see. And I think it's because they didn't want you to ever actually finish it. Yeah. But like the last dude or lady, I don't, I don't remember if it was generative or if it was always it's Mike Tyson. Person. I think it was always when I ran into it, it was Mi- always a guy named Mikel Tyson. I don't no, just, think just they Matt, licensed but, Mike Tyson for it. <clears throat> It'd be cool if they did, but anyways, Matt, in my case, would just like one shot you. So if you got one hit in, like you're down, and took he took like forty punches to the face. It was just the worst. Were got you there. watching the Rocky movies to um to get hype for the Mike Tyson versus Roy Jones Jr. <laughs> match that's happening? What um, did you not know this? I found out about this no. like a week ago. Mike Tyson and Roy Jones Jr. are going to fight. Why? They actually weighed in last night, so it's this weekend. Uh, Beats the shit out of me because boxing is bad and it's always been yeah. bad. Did, but oh, did you? Okay, did, I thought I thought Roy Jones. For, okay, I was confusing Roy Jones Jr., who I've never heard of before now, with oh. the uh, the comedian from like The Daily Show. Um, oh, Roy Roy Wood Jr. Yes. Yeah. So I was like, no, Roy Jones Jr. is, is I was like, a why is temporary who boxed when Mike Tyson was boxing? Mm. Um, he's one of probably the best fighters ever. I don't know. He's mm-hmm. he's it's he's like one sixty six or one sixty six fights lost nine to Mike Tyson's mm-hmm. winning fifty fights and losing six. Mm-hmm. Uh, and oh, okay, but, but did did y'all know that like Dolph Lundgren is like a massive genius? Oh no, uh, yeah, I, I yeah he has like a, that. Yeah. yeah, like he has like a, he had like a Fulbright scholarship to MIT for chemical mm-hmm. engineering or something, and like got a PhD, and he speaks like seven or eight languages or something. Like he's a certified it. certified just mega genius. He has a TED talk, and it's really interesting. Uh, Makes you know, sense in some ways. They make him different in Sweden. Yeah, I don't uh, know. He may not be an asshole now. I just know Sylvester Stallone's kind of an asshole. Uh, yeah, well, uh, we'll say. That the first four movies are very hard to take seriously with Apollo Apollo Creed because Carl Weathers I cannot separate him from Arrested Development and every time he's on screen I'm just thinking you got a stew going wow <laughs> oh man I, in the past like month I have watched all six Rocky movies and going on to Creed in the near future uh, and. Boy, howdy, are those movies funny? Just 
absolutely floored by how silly. I don't know if it's on purpose or what. I don't think they were silly the first go around. Um, I don't because I know most people yeah. that I that like like you know the dads of the world mm-hmm. that I know are very much like emotionally invested in them on a these are not silly these are serious and when he starts yelling Adrian that's mm-hmm. not funny it's it's mm-hmm. it's 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 emotional um, yeah, I but think it's I just but. I it's like not even like just Rocky's existence and the kind of like how he exists in the world and interacts with people is just bizarre that's um, true I agree with you I don't think as many people agree with us that are like film scholars <laughs> Then they're not watching. <laughs> like they have not seen the same movie I, I, that I saw. I'm not arguing. Uh, I just know a lot of people who take those movies. Not a lot, but I know people who take those mm-hmm. movies very seriously. The fans of uh, that series that I, I know th- take it very seriously. I I am a believer in the Rocky movies now, uh, but I'm also like, damn, these things are funny. <laughs> I think they're to me in a similar camp as like Fast and Furious. Uh, in to the degree to which they are good, but also silly. Mm-hmm. So I'm with yeah. you. I just yeah. think we're in the minority. Um, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Uh, that's, that's totally fair. Uh, but that's your Rocky minute this week. Uh, I don't want that to be a regular thing. I don't like those movies that much. Actually, what movies, what movies would you want too. then? I mean, we've already had Fast and the Furious minutes. Now we've had Rocket. I'm, I'm still waiting on the on Alex and Allison. I was gonna to say I don't know. Watch those. I don't know why the Fast and Furious minute ended, but um, because <laughs> we're wait- well, we get, we had Ejecto Cito when Jan was here, and uh, we talked about how that game I was think, bad. We're I think for the movie. I think we should get into video game movies video no. game adaptation like like uve bowl specifically no i'm not gonna no blood rain <laughs> no uve bowl is not gonna be included in the list but like tomb raider doom? like assassin's creed doom yeah for oh, sure yeah max Payne, um, mortal Kombat, hitman uh, and the other hitman yes those might be uve bowl movies can't remember i don't think so i don't think resident he did, evil he, he did like far cry and stuff and dead he or alive do, he did do almost <clears throat> specifically ubisoft franchises for a bit there i think yeah he did do like far cry and stuff he didn't do it yeah. that yeah house of the dead alone in the dark alone in the dark 2 blood rain blood oh, rain 2 blood silent, rain the third right silent hill in the name silent of the hill King, was actually a good King, oh, the, the, those movies are okay yeah those what, movies are fine the silent hill movies yeah. yeah it depends on who you ask i actually haven't <laughs> seen them but i know people who say those movies are pretty okay and people who say that those movies are like rancid i mean they're they're not perfectly the fine yeah, they're not the game, but as like self-contained horror movies, they're pretty good. The people who I know who hate them are huge fans of the game. Exactly. I mean, That's yeah. probably why. Uh, and <laughs> I think they don't like them because the games have a lot of depth in terms of their themes and like mm-hmm. concepts. Um, and the films uh, don't, really. They're Man. more just like regular old horror. So that, let's. I'm going to jump ahead a little bit. This isn't even in our yeah. news, um, but... I mean, the Mortal Kombat, they put in the the movie versions of yeah. of all those all those dudes. So which you I don't have is, to have uh, transphobic Sonya Blade. Which, which that's hey, that's a big that's plus. Great. I don't know. I don't know yeah. if she comes into the actual campaign. No, I don't no. Know. But in the multiplayer, um, you can just have non-transphobic Sonya Blade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, but like it's. I think that's kind of a really funny, like a super funny move. 
And I wonder, like, what other video game franchises would you like to see, like, the the film adaptation of a character come back into the actual game? Spider-Man. Uh, Toby I Maguire. think it, Toby Maguire Spider-Man. <laughs> I was, they did that, for one. And uh, they did, Willem, right. Def- Willem Dafoe Green Goblin. Uh, yeah. You, get Christopher th- Lambert for everything. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that a Spider Verse version of oh, like, yeah, if they brought like the Spider Verse oh, version of those characters in, you could get Spider Man game. That'd be really cool. You could get Nick Cage in there. Yes, I think that would be awesome. <laughs> uh, if they, but I mean, honestly, I think I would just say make a Spider Verse game that's like still have Insomniac make it, but it's not necessarily tried tied to the main franchise. But that wouldn't make sense either. So I don't know. we're never gonna get it. Uh. I don't get know. Mar- get Mark Wahlberg for the next Max Payne. No, game. I think, <laughs> no. I think a, a rock doom guy skin could be funny. Oh yeah. That, yeah. Ma- that Max Payne movie, that Max Payne movie is really fucking bad. Oh yeah. I was so excited for it. And I was with my partner this time. I basically dragged her to the theater. Cause I was, so, I'm a huge Max Payne fan and mm-hmm. both of us walked out of it. Just like, what it's did we so watch? Bad. <laughs> it's I, terrible. I, I, yeah. It's trash. I mean, I don't even know why they called it Max Payne. That movie is trash. Because um, they want the bullet time. I I don't know. Yeah, it, it barely yeah, had it that. The Matrix. Did yeah. it? Didn't it barely? No. But, barely. Okay. Yeah. Was, I mean, but I mean, like it was like, oh, well, the Matrix did, but now everyone wants to do bullet time. So it had, Max it was, Payne. It was way more about drugs. It was more yes. about like Valkyrie. That was what I that. hated about it is that in the original Max Payne games, all the weird shit is actually weird. In addition yeah. to there being drug stuff in the movie, it was like everything is normal except when people take the drugs and then they see angels. Yeah. Uh, like literal angels. Yes. With wings and stuff. But how about this? Mila Jovovich in the next nope. Monster Hunter game. I thought you were going to say they, Resident they, Evil. That's actually already happening. <laughs> Wait, is Mila she is, Yes. Mila Jovovich, you can play as her in Monster Hunter Iceborne. Yeah. There's nice. an event yep. happening where they're. I didn't know that. In. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Uh, that that sounds right. Yeah, that is. That's I saw an ad right on Twitter. I didn't bring it up because I assumed everyone had seen it. But no, no I, it, but I never even saw. There that. is a limited time event coming where you play as her. Her model in Monster Hunter Iceborne looks huh. terrifying and not really like a person. <laughs> uh, she's very pretty. The model does not look particularly. All right. <laughs> good. I, I got. I got one last one, and then we can move on. If we okay. Want. You get John Leguizamo in Mario. And Bob Hoskins, now, of course. Now, but. if you want, there is not a game that I would be more excited for Nintendo to announce than an open world RPG that's based Su- on the film Su- Super Mario Brothers. Super Mario, it's like Street Fighter, the movie, the game. Super Mario Brothers, the movie, the game. Oh my God. Imagine Except that Yoshi. I wouldn't want it to be like that Bowser. Mechanically, excuse me, mechanically, I would want it to be like, you know, an open world RPG like The mm-hmm. Witcher or something. But. Well, it would With, basically be, it'd be, it'd be like Cyberpunk 2077. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> An immersive sim. Mushroom Kingdom. John Leguizamo. 2077. <laughs> Fun fact, Uwe Boll decided to branch out from filmmaking in 2016 to work in the restaurant industry. Yeah, I, 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 I remember hearing I Bauhaus heard about restaurant that. in Vancouver. An outhouse restaurant? Bauhaus. Oh, okay. right. Yeah, right. I remember. I, I've heard uh, this. Apparently, he announced a comeback this year. <laughs> Good, great. Looking forward to it. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, he's gonna make the Gods and Monsters movie or something. He's making. Watch, he's gonna make a uh, Watch Dogs movie. He's making a movie Wait. called Rampage Four. There's like there's ramp, been three? Rampage Total Destruction. Yeah, there's there was I know there was one Rampage movie. It had the Rock in it. I it? don't know if these are the same Rampage. Probably this is, not. Yeah, this is not related to a video game. It's not okay. based on video game. They're they're an oohable penned and conceived of action movie film. Uh, apparently the first Rampage film was the only movie he's made that got pretty good reviews (laughs) or okay reviews wow okay Okay. (laughs) well it got three and a half stars out of five from bloody disgusting so there you go that's higher than I expect we have have lots to talk about this week don't we (laughs) Yeah, oh, as as you might tell, listener, we played so many games this week. It's impressive week. that he, first of all, the first film is called Rampage. Uh-huh. The so Andre, what did you play? Rampage Capital Punishment. I played Rampage Capital Punishment. The third Punishment. one is called oh, no. Rampage President Down. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. Three years after his second killing spree at a TV station in Washington, D.C., following which he was presumed dead in a massive explosion, Bill Williamson returns from hiding and using a sniper Bill rifle assassinates the President of the United William. States as well as the Vice President and the Secretary of Defense, which happens off camera. <laughs> Sorry, William Bill Williamson. Williamson. <laughs> yeah. That's a character from Red Dead, for starters. Yeah. <laughs> and this film, these films came out after Red Dead Redemption 1, so... Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Well, mm-hmm. I see... That's our new the rampage series is going to be our new. He we just, found it. We did it. They should just they should just make a new Joe Dirt. I know he had nothing to do with the original, but they should just make a new Joe Dirt. That's all. Sure. I don't like controversial opinion. Not a huge Joe Dirt fan. I'm not a huge fan of it either. But they should make a new one. Mm. Anyways, sure. <laughs> okay. Sorry, I had a a cat jump on me. And you know what would be great. Is if they made a series about a game called Yakuza and it was just all the like they just had like the big story beats and then every once in a while there's like here's some wacky side shit where you're just the like who are these people? The only reason to make any adaptation of Yakuza is to make it so that you can play other Yakuza games without needing to play them, you know? Oh yeah, like, no, it's like just the way to they absorb did those comic the books. uh yeah, just to um, absorb the uh the yes. story. And they already did it with the comic books, so yeah, but I mean, I mean, you could do a whole like new thing, but uh, you know, side stories. There's there's a lot of time in there that uh, isn't covered, but yeah. So I'm I'm spending more time with Yakuza Like a Dragon. I'm like 20 hours in at this point. Nice. And uh, I think I've seen kind of like mechanically everything it has to offer, or at least most of what it has to offer. And uh, I'm having a, a lot of fun with it. I'm going like really hard on the side stuff right now Uh, like as it comes up i'm just like doing everything and it's a lot more like involved uh or like the stories are a lot more intricate and longer than they were in previous games a lot of times in the previous games you just run up and you'd have like a quick like you know five second or you know one minute interaction with some people and like maybe choose some dialogue or something and it's like oh it's over but now uh, in like a dragon, it's they're much longer stories, and you're kind of running back to places after you're running across town and meeting up with a bunch of different people, and they're much more interesting stories, but still extremely strange. That's great. Yeah, it's on. I'm gonna. I'm my plan is to 
pop that in for like a few hours, play the beginning mm-hmm. stuff to see if it if it looks really nice and loads fast on mm-hmm. playing the PS4 version on the PS5. I'll probably just keep playing it and then mm. I don't know. Um I don't really want to get to a position where I'm halfway through it and the PS5 version comes out. That feels like it would I think suck. That's like supposed to be like March. Um, but it's, yeah, it's not until March. It's kind of a, a little a bit of a ways yeah. off. I mean, I have plenty of stuff to play, but yeah, I would like to play that earlier um, yeah. than that. So I, I'm I'm having a real good time with it. I did a quest or a side story earlier tonight with a guy called Mister Masochist, uh, <laughs> cool. who. Uh, his whole thing is he just wants to like someone who can make him feel pain again because he has felt so much pain that he no longer is like moved by the uh, the dominatrixes of the world. And uh, it works. He's, he's just he's like, I can't I don't feel anything. Uh, and then he like at one point he gets stabbed by a knife as he defends somebody. And he's like, I, I still don't feel anything. <laughs> Like it could, the knife couldn't cut me. It's <laughs> like what? I heard more about the job system in that game, and it made me way more intrigued to actually it's, play it. Yeah, um, so it, they're literally jobs. Like you're yeah. going, you're going to like a temp agency and swapping your jobs. Yes. It's very uh, funny. Yeah, you're going to like uh, it's the actual like Japanese job agency Hello Work, which is also very funny. It's not fake. It's the re- like my girlfriend has gone there to like apply yeah. for jobs and stuff. Uh, All the, I still, I still think, and I need to see it myself to really mm-hmm. grasp it. I still have a hard time with the, like, it sounds like they do a really good job of talking about like poverty and sex work, mm-hmm. but then also you get into a fight and it's like, you're fighting a, a belch monster. And it's a homeless guy who has really bad breath because haha, they're homeless. I so. mean, they just, they just call them like battle bums or something like that. There was uh, a, which is specific yeah. name that I can't remember now that mm-hmm. I heard them talking about on the giant bomb cast that I was mm-hmm. like, that sucks. That's not, that is kind it, of betrays your, your good stance when was, you make people with the punchlines. I believe but, I might be misquoting, but I think it was hungry, hungry hobo. Yes, there was, that the, was, yeah, that's, yep, that's, that's a shitty name for a, and yep. that's, that yep. is like, it's hard for me to take you seriously uh, in your like heartfelt, real examination of the issue and then name an NPC that. It, I also, well, that, I don't know how much of that is like localization versus. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so totally fair. Yeah. And I'm going to play it either way, but I think that's, it's hard for me to, I, Sometimes it's hard for me to hear like a lot of praise about the game when I know mm-hmm. that that stuff is in there and it's kind of like it, it irks me, I guess, a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, also, but I also am excited to play it because it's yeah, I'm, like it's I'm looking forward to that stuff because I've heard that when they actually talk about the homeless people's stories that they're actually yeah. really oh, nuanced yeah, the, and great. This game, yes. more like the previous Yakuza games were often about like like real estate or like mm-hmm. more mm. personal, like, you know, everyone wants cure you dead or whatever. Yep. Um, like cure you became such a larger than life character where like the second game in the series was all about like, at least as far as I've gotten is like someone wanting to take him out because they want to be like the baddest motherfucker. Yeah. Um, but, and then like, you know, there's real estate and like, you know, giant war, sh- like secret warships. Um, and like being at saving a child and stuff. Yeah. It's all very, it's, all, I mean, six is the only time. Well, I guess that's not true. Cause they go to, there's like stuff with the Korea too, but, um, the, Korea too. No. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yes. There's, there's uh, South Korea. Korea. It's, uh, <laughs> they have to, uh, keep it uh, under wraps, 
but the the a lot of Kiryu stories are like um, those very much like he's it's 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 centered around him for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas it sounds like this one is a little more about the community as a whole. Uh, yeah, it's like it's very much about like uh, kind of marginalized, uh, at least in yeah. Japan, marginalized communities like the mm-hmm. homeless and like s- the sex industry. Yeah, and uh, that stuff sounds great too. So, yeah, it it does it does a lot to like make these people just like hey, they're people, and you're helping them with like their problems and a lot of su- su- uh, sub stories, and like it does a lot to like hey, these are just like normal people. Yeah, and you know if they're maybe they've like had a bad break but you know they they're capable of changing and not mm-hmm. just being uh this, what rocky yeah. might might call a bum <laughs> which is sure. the worst thing you can call rocky uh so never call rocky a bum this this is related but unrelated if anyone out there mm-hmm. doesn't want to play a 80 hour game and have those kinds what? of feels or whatever what? this is, 60, what? 70, 80, a billion. If there's anyone there who doesn't want that, but they, you want a really good story which involves humanizing homeless people and is Japanese, uh, watch Hinamatsuri. It is an anime. And mm. there is a whole arc in there. That, like It's a comedy show, like 100% comedy, mm-hmm. until it gets to this one part where it hits extremely heavy and it's like the saddest thing I can think of. <laughs> All right. Uh, Anyways. Yeah. Do want to say, uh, so like on the topic of like the way it kind of tackle, like names homeless people and maybe kind of betrays some of its like story writing with the yeah. way it um, tackles people. Uh, Game Informer ran a story titled, I love how Yakuza like a dragon humanizes homelessness by Liana Rupert. Oh, I believe right. that's how you say her name. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, she talks about uh, kind of her experiences with homelessness and, mm how uh that impacts her interpretation of the game uh so maybe go check that out too um, yeah it's just one one view uh but uh, yeah, it's it's a good article yeah it's definitely definitely something to be critical of with like the localization i i can't speak to the uh yeah, japanese yeah, names sure. of that stuff but mm. and but it's I think the overall story so far has been really engaging and interesting and cool. it's, uh, yeah. And I mean, it's not as if Yakuza games have had plenty of instances of kind of fumbling a little bit with some oh, yes. details, yes. <laughs> uh, in terms of how they handle yeah. certain subjects. So I, they, I it mean, paints with a broad brush. Yeah. Yes. Subtlety has not always been their, their forte. <laughs> <laughs> and I still would prefer they try to tackle these things and miss the mark by a bit mm-hmm. than just like yes. not touch them. So uh, certainly, I mean, I think criticism is warranted, but I also am not suggesting people like I'm... start a boycott over the hung- hungry, hungry hobo or whatever his name. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but like, I'm just glad Yakuza games continue to get made because that series is so weird and mm-hmm. like so unique. I think there's always going to be an audience for that thing. Like I think in the yeah. in the way that they managed to make a second Shenmue game, like <laughs> not that I think I think Yakuza is a lot better than Shenmue. Oh yes, it but, is. of course. But yeah. um, but but I I don't know that the the industry could sustain multiple franchises that do the Yakuza well, thing necessarily. Like mm, large yeah. studio. I, I think you if you you know if you broke it off into like its own distinct like 
distinct thing that wasn't just like and here's like a open like you know modern day I mean, open world rpg yeah i guess thing, the thing but, about like a dragon is it's a jrpg right so it's yeah, kind of it's yeah. kind of entering that genre now yes um but it, i mean it's it's not like the only real difference is that the combat is turn-based uh like it's it's so similar to yeah. everything else is very similar um but you've got like you do have some equipment that like you know uh you've got like your headpiece and your weapon and stuff like that which is uh, you had like a little bit of that in the previous Yakuza games, but not as much as you do here. Yeah. And you have a party. Um, but it's very, uh, it's very like persona kind of in a lot of the ways they have, like they have social links with your mm-hmm. party members and uh, like you can tag people in and out and take advantage of weaknesses and knock people down and, you know, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. So do you, do I have you, heard, oh, sorry, I was just going to ask, do you do any uh, pocket circuit racing? Uh, there is not pocket circuit racing, but there is just like goat kart racing. Uh, oh, and it's yeah, just straight right. up Mario Kart. Yeah, um, I've seen it's not, it's not as good as Mario Kart. It's much more bootleg. <laughs> but it's, but you've, it's based on the like Mario Kart racing places that Nintendo shut uh, down, right? Uh, yeah, it is kind oh. of based on the like yeah. the tw- Mario Kart uh, touring. Yeah. Those yes. places did not actually shut down, but oh, yeah, they okay. did get sued and have yeah. to pay some money, I believe. But I, yeah. but, I mean, they're, at this I'm point, I don't know exist. if they're open. Of yeah. course not. Um, I would doubt it. But, uh, but yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, Pat. Oh, no. I heard um, Ben Pack was talking about on Twitter how he hit a difficulty spike like 50 or 60 hours in. Mm-hmm. That sucks. I th- That's I, sounds so I don't know if... Yeah, I don't know how far, but I I was reading in the tweet, like in the responses, like, hey, you should go, uh, like, you should have done this thing, like, that opens right before it, because it will make it much, much, like, basically it levels you far past where you need to be. Um, Hmm. But it sucks that he got stuck there. But I had, like, I I don't think I'm that far, but I did have, like, a thing where I was like, oh, okay, this thing opened up, and I might be going into a spot, so maybe I need to do this thing. I'm in, like... Yeah, maybe like halfway through the main story, or and something. maybe they telegraph it really well. I think in any case like that, if you're if you have a super mechanical game, someone mm-hmm. an NPC should go. You should really wait to start doing this until you think you're ready. Sure. Um, I yeah. I mean the game does tell you like, hey, uh, you should at least be level like 15 to go in this place uh, for this next story stuff. And that's what it did for the last kind of story it's, thing I it's did. It's possible so. that it did that, and he and he was like, how would I get to level this? I guess mm-hmm. I'm just going to yeah. go in. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm not that far, uh, but yeah. now that I know that it's there, I'm going to try and avoid yeah, running yeah. into that issue. I I'm making like tons of different saves, so like every mm-hmm. time I save is like new slot. Uh, so hopefully I won't run into any issues like that. Uh, oh, we we got off it like at the beginning of the conversation, but the job system uh, oh, right. is very interesting and like goofy because they're all like actual jobs that people have. Like I just some of them are actual jobs like piss like, wizard yeah that uh, i have not seen piss wizard but i guess that's a, is that a job from what i've heard it is i don't know um because it's like huh. i've been a break dancer i've had like a like an enforcer like a riot cop um an idol and a, like a like a busker a musician wait. uh wait so yeah. like ichiban has been an idol or you have no, no, each, no. So I've had an idol in my group. Okay. So uh, I think he could be though. Huh. Uh, but no, I had Ichiban <laughs> was my break dancer. Okay. 
and uh, you know he's much like uh, Majima break dances and Yakuza Zero. Uh, and so, and each of the jobs has like different move sets. And I just right now I just changed my job, so I've got Ichiban as a chef. I've got okay. uh, my my homeless buddy Nanba as a bodyguard who wields a katana. I've got the lady who runs the uh, like snack shop. Um, she has, she is a card dealer and just wields a fan of cards and like throws them and hmm. stuff like that. I've got a, uh, the, the other lady in my crew is a dominatrix and then the other guy is like a nightclub host. What, what does a dominatrix map to in like a standard RPG? Uh, she can, so one of her moves, uh, she does a lot of brainwashing, which is like, uh, oh, I'm going to make you attack your, your homies. So like status effect kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But specifically brainwash. And then they, and they like map all the, uh, moves to like specific like animations. So it's like, oh, this one, you're going to stick the heel of your shoe in this guy's face and then maybe you'll Mm. brainwash him. Uh, and so then she, she does it and it's like, ah, that looks like it hurts. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's neat. Uh, I want to get some of the more like interesting jobs, but you have to like build up the social links and that's like tied to story progression too. So like you have Mm. to spend time with the people and then you have to advance the story far enough to get like, okay, it's like, it's annoying because I'll be doing things that should be building up like our link, but it can't build up anymore because I haven't like built up the social link to the next level, but I can't because I'm not far enough in the story. Yeah. And I'm not even like trying to like build up the social link. Like I'm not trying to grind stuff out. It's just happening really quick. So it's a little annoying, but the stories are really good and interesting. Yeah. So it's almost like an artificial barrier. It's like you want to continue, but you you literally can't. Yeah. I would like to just be able to, you know, hear, see the story and make my character more powerful, but I can't. Right. Uh, but gotcha. you know, whatever it's okay. Some of them like, cause they level up at different speeds. So some of them I can like go and then some, I have to wait longer. No, it's cool. Yeah. It, it's, it's really good. I'm really enjoying it. It's quickly climbing my game of the year. Uh, so yeah. Sick. Yeah. Yakuza I'm like a dragon. Looking forward to getting into it or deeper into it than I am. I'm like mm-hmm. still half an hour in. <laughs> Which is nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's you've watched a cutscene. <laughs> well, for other games we played this week, Pat, I know you've been playing either an open world game or a, a not open world game. Yeah, uh, I've <laughs> almost exclusively played Assassin's Creed and Black Ops Cold War this week. Cold War with buds um but uh play a little bit of something else too but yeah crack and open a cold war with the bud that's been <laughs> we've had a lot of fun with the fact that it's called cold war and we call our gaming time cold ones time mm. um and there's a lot of like what time are we cracking coldies later etc which just is is very fun with uh with sure. cold war. and not to go on a long tangent about it but the multiplayer in cold war is is quite fun it's yeah like they put Newtown in this week. It's a good. It's a good map, um, and we started getting into their fire team, Dirty Bomb, which is a hilarious name for a mode. But um, it's like ten four-player teams have to compete over filling up these bombs around the map with uranium 
that you get from opening boxes that like battle royale style and then mm. you fill it up and have to sit on the point and detonate it uh and since there's a total of 40 players in the match on 10 different squads it's very chaotic because mm. you can see like oh point a is and it you you spawn like in a battle royale you drop in from the sky but the map is like super small map for that kind of thing it's still really big compared to other maps but anyway so so it's chaotic does it have his knuckles chaotics there no i don't think there's a lot of licensed characters i want them to put in cold war but i don't think i could live with sonic you know you, you can't put sonic you got to put in shadow because shadow has a gun i, I would pay <laughs> i would pay the full cost of an of another copy of the game if they would put the the protagonist from the boys into this <laughs> game i think they would fit really well in if i could be like carl urban uh billy butcher and he said a lot of the lines from the show i would i would pay a lot of money for that uh but um uh that's good uh, i've also been playing a lot of assassin's creed odyssey oh, wait, wait wait i just have to get this out of my system call of duty green hill zone okay continue Ugh. Don't make me start reading Ready Player Two quotes. Oh no! Okay, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's, re- that's the rest of the Real podcast, quick. everybody. <laughs> um, I've been playing a lot of Ass Creed Odyssey. Also, I have sixty hours in it now, over like a week and a half. Or nice. Whatever. <laughs> Almost played as much Assassin's Creed as I have worked. Uh, dude, that's not true, but still, um, uh, in normal times. Um, that game is really great. I think it's like super, super, super good and uh, improves on, I think the story in Origins stands on its own. I don't really think that one is better than the other because Origins has a super unique story that's about like grief and like how the loss of a child affects the relationship of the parents and power structures and it's a really cool story, um, and I don't know that I'd say Odyssey's story is better, but it's also very good, and gameplay-wise, they improve on everything in Origin a lot in Odyssey. So um, I like can't recommend it highly enough to people who like The Witcher, that style of open world. Um, I think there's a lot of people who kind of give the Assassin's Creed games at this point flack as being like checklist games. I don't mm. think I agree with that assessment. I think it's really easy to make that judgment if you play like five or 10 hours of it and then say you're done. But there's a lot more there the deeper you go into it, both from a mechanical perspective and narratively. Um, there's really interesting stuff that mm-hmm. happens um, from like a narrative design perspective, yeah. the deeper you get into the game. For some reason, I fell off the game right when it was starting to get interesting. Yes, which you did. Like, like <laughs> you know, um, it's funny. Like all the it was like you know, I had other stuff coming up, other games, and yeah, yeah. like other stuff to do in life. It. But uh, yeah, like I went, like I got to the part on like the I don't know, like the second, like the second area you go off to the tutorial place, and like where you kind of meet some cult people and like start yeah, to get yes, an idea yes. of like what the story is. And then went to like some island and I went to like another random island and then there was a cyclops on the island. And I was like, excuse me? Yeah. So it's interesting that that was your reveal for that stuff. I think one thing about Odyssey that is different than Origins mm-hmm. is I actually don't think. So I played the first half of Origins by like 100 percenting every zone that I went mm-hmm. to before moving on with the story. 
And then it became clear that it was going to take me like another mm-hmm. 50 hours to finish the story and I needed to get on with it. Mm-hmm. And then I ended up finishing the story super fast because I was already over leveled by doing yeah. everything, um, which with Odyssey, they they kind of had this option in Origins, but they refined it with Odyssey. You can turn it off so that you can over level or by default, it makes it so everything mm-hmm. is always leveled up to be like a couple levels lower than you. So mm-hmm. nothing is ever trivial unless you want it to be. That's kind of mm-hmm. cool. Which I think is yeah, it's smart. Um, yeah, the fact that they gave you the option is nice. Um, but uh, the the thing about Odyssey that's interesting is it doesn't narratively make sense. This is my biggest criticism of it. It doesn't narratively make a lot of sense for you to be murdering everyone until later. This isn't really a spoiler, but until later on in the plot, like mm. Cassandra doesn't have a reason to go to a Spartan castle, kill everyone there, mm-hmm. <laughs> in like the earlier parts of the game, a lot of stuff happens over the course of the story that makes you understand like why she might be mad at everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, but that also kind of depends on the, how you want to play her too. But so there's treasure in there and they don't want me in there to take the treasure. <laughs> exactly. So I got to kill everybody. Um, so it's definitely like, I think, I think the best, the point being, I think the best way to play that game is kind of to stick with the story and then do the side stuff later because, it makes the story gives a lot more setup as to why she would be roaming around Greece doing all this random stuff. Um, if you play, I mean, I'm not done with it, but I think I'm in around the final act and I can kind of see some of the way places it's going. Um, but the point to, to the, to the Cyclops thing, like I didn't, cause I was mostly doing critical path. I didn't really encounter any of the mythical beast stuff until it came up in a quest. And it was like, I mean, it would have been a best moment contender for me in 2018 because it was mm. so fucking cool the way that they introduced this mythical creature. Um, and it's I what I love about it is they did this. They did thing I want them to do, which most people are going to be like, this is stupid. But it's not. I mean, in Assassin's Creed Origins, there is mythical stuff, but it's all like an animus simulation, a glitch or mm-hmm. like an artifact made you see an illusion in odyssey the conceit is actually because the ancients the like that race of ancients that the whole series centers around were like super technologically advanced they just bioengineered these crazy monsters which is really cool to me <laughs> um and i it's i dig it <laughs> uh and uh it's 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 fun um that stuff is kind of designed to be more post game um, the idea is you, the game has like three story branches kind of, um, and one of them is that, and one of them is like Cassandra's story. And then there's like the cult stuff, uh, and they all intertwine, but they're kind of leveled to split you off into doing them at different times. Um, so I have to finish the kind of Cassandra story, which mostly mixes with the cult stuff. And then I can do the, the artifacts which tied into the Atlantis stuff, but I don't know, it's, it's yeah. a cool game. The way gear works in that game is really neat. Makes me really excited for Valhalla. Cause I hear it to be better in Valhalla, but um, those games yeah. are definitely like the perfect balm for me for stuff like destiny because they um, it's not that I think they're better designed, but they're like, they have some of those ideas and concepts with the way they handle gear, but because it's a single player game, they can give it to you all the time and they don't have to worry as much about like 
balancing it out. So you can kind of make an overpowered build and it's fine because it's single player and who, who are you competing with? Um, which is, is really neat. So you can like mix and match armor sets that have pretty specific bonuses and can do like weird and cool stuff. Uh, and then in, further modify them yourself and, and enhance them all to be end game viable. Uh, and it makes for some really fun stuff. And it's you get fun numbers. Like I do 53,000 damage with my assassin attacks. Yeah, well, um, what, how, well, what did you do at the start of the game? Like I don't really get this. I don't understand the scale of it. Uh, I think like 35 damage for a normal attack mm-hmm. and a few hundred for an assassin attack. Yeah. Okay. How do y'all how do y'all feel about like those kinds of numbers in like RPGs? Are you like I want like this I want to start at like thirty five and I want to feel real good when I break a hundred, or do you want to do fifty three thousand damage? I think the reason that it works is because of the scale of the game. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I, I but I just mean in general, like RPG, like Persona does the like the the lower numbers, like oh yeah. like, maybe you'll break a thousand. Um, and then like Final Fantasy is like, oh, baby, break the numbers. Yeah, yeah, I I certainly don't love the way that when you start a Final Fantasy game, it's like you do the first combat encounter, and then it shows the experience, and it's like, oh, this character started at level six. To me, that's mm-hmm. like, why? Why didn't yeah. you start them all level one? But well, I also they wouldn't know anything then, man. I think the huge numbers are fun, and I think the small numbers are fun. The thing to me that that matters the most is being able to break the numbers down. So. The reason that I like it in Assassin's Creed is I can say that like I do 53,000 assassin damage and I do about 2,500 damage with a heavy attack. So I know that an assassination Mm -hmm. attack is like 20 times what I can do by just like hitting the right trigger. So it makes it. And then when I can kill an enemy in one hit, it starts to I start to go like, okay, so that means that. Since I did this much damage to them with an assassin attack, I can start to think about like this is probably how many attacks with a heavy attack it would take me to do. And then I can I love that they scale it out to like the boat stuff. So I know that with ramming damage, I do two hundred and forty three thousand damage. Um <laughs> Okay. Because the boat <laughs> hit points scale with people hit points, like they're they're mm-hmm. on the same scale. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. That it's, stuff is fun to yeah. me. It's just uh like you it's know silly. like this. The, yeah, how they scale it and like, you know, 200, I've, like, could it, could it just be like 243 instead of 243,000 or whatever? It could, but then when I was level one, I would have done like 0.4 damage. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, and it doesn't, the thing, we were talking about this in the chat, but in our chat, but um, the, the, the thing is that with Destiny, I understand that a lot of those numbers exist and some of them are surfaced and some of them are math, but all that matters really is your light level or your power level whatever mm-hmm. and um i think breaking that single number out is helpful in a lot of cases but for me i don't care if it well, if you say like ah your power 143 i don't know what that means I, I mean well the the light level only matters like it matters to a point in like how much damage because it, it modifies your damage that you're going to do to enemies right. the same thing and then like you right. know every weapon has its own uh dps exactly. stuff, but, but how how exactly that like I, goes out i'm not entirely sure i like that in a system like assassin's creed it's just like enemies at level one had 100 hit points and i did 10 damage per attack now at level 35, enemies have, you know, 30,000 hit points and I do 300 damage per attack or whatever. I like that kind of like 
scale where I can just see the raw numbers and there isn't a bunch of math that I have to do to understand how the numbers work. But also, 98% of people that play Assassin's Creed Odyssey aren't going to even fucking pay attention to the numbers. They're just going to mash the right bumper when they get into combat. (laughs) So I don't mean to suggest Mm -hmm. that it's some kind of transcendent system that's like better than anything else. It's just I'm I was surprised to the degree at which I found the numbers and the gear stuff satisfying Mm -hmm. um, when I didn't expect really to care one way or the other about that. Uh, Instead, I'm like going through my chest of legendary equipment like oh if i level this up then i can use this with this and then i'll get an extra 20 percent assassin damage and i can mm-hmm. assassinate anyone um yeah and it's i don't know it's fun you've been maxing <laughs> yeah and, and it's enjoyable to 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 engage in that stuff uh yeah. not really necessary but they did get the difficulty in a lot better place origins is super easy um i had to pl- i played like 90 percent of the game on nightmare and then the ending bosses were too hard on that difficulty for me. So, but I'm playing Odyssey on normal and it feels pr- pretty good. Couldn't beat the Egyptian Pope in a fist fight on Nightmare. You, uh, it's a lot closer to that than <laughs> what you <laughs> wow. probably think. Okay. Mm-hmm. Of course. Uh, uh, like the, 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 the Pharaoh. That's, that's the Egyptian Pope. You don't ever kill a Pharaoh, actually. And you don't kill the Pope either. That's true, yeah. Um, but uh, but anyway, yeah. Those are those are good games. I'm hoping I can wrap up the base game of Assassin's Creed today and then play the DLC hopefully over the next week so that I can play other games before the end of the year. <laughs> the problem with those games, to your point earlier, Andre, they're very easy to fall off of. Mm-hmm. If you're like, I don't think it's a commentary on their quality, but if you're like, I'm going to step away and play this game for a week, it's you might never go back. Uh, I... Yeah, I know. I at this point, I know what those games are. So there's no like, I don't know. I I never feel at least so far of what I've played of like of Origins and Odyssey, which are the you know the most recent ones I've played. Uh, I didn't find anything in the time I spent with them that was like, oh wow, this is like new and exciting. Where it sounds like there's some stuff in there that actually is. Um, when you get, once you get to it, but it's like, okay, the story's like starting to get kind of interesting, but like mechanically I'm like, Hey, I I get it. It's less that it's like new and exciting and more that the ways it combines different ideas, the way Mm -hmm. they blend them together in an open world context, I think is really interesting um, and fun. What were you going to say? I was going to say, do you think, do you intend to get to Valhalla in the next month? I would like to try it to start it. Um, I'm not going to try to play through the whole thing uh, right. in a month. Um, that one I kind of want to have as a sort of background game to play as I go. Because um, while you can fall off of them easily, I think that's also okay too, because they're not so complicated that narratively that you can't come back to them. Um, I think um, the, and systems wise, I mean, they're not super super complex um it's just like three different kinds of fighting basically uh it's like if you had the witcher but the witcher but Geralt also had a bow and not just a crossbow but like a bow and arrow and uh could assassinate people um that's kind of it uh but i think they the, the the stuff that i think that they do that is interesting is the mercenary stuff is cool it's sort of nemesis systemy not quite as deep uh and the the cult of cosmos stuff is cool it's like 
neat because you have to explore the world to find clues to uncover them and then go to where they are and kill them. Uh, and then it also does some cool narrative choice stuff that or the, the ways it makes your choices pop up. You're like, oh, fuck, I did pick that. I guess you got me. Um, <laughs> and that's cool. There's been numerous times when my choices have come back in ways that I didn't expect, but that <laughs> make a lot of sense. And I was really impressed. Uh, Hoisted by your own petard. Totally. Uh, and it doesn't ever feel like, I don't feel like I want to go back and reload a save. It's more like, well, if I had done the other thing, then this would have happened. So I guess I got to live with these consequences. The other ones would have been bad too. Um, uh, so, yeah. Uh, right. It's cool. I also touched a little bit on uh, user. Uh, after Allison's um, discussion of it last week, I felt compelled to pick it up. And I'm not disappointed that I did. Because that game is is pretty cool. Um, I actually was, I went in with very low expectations for the campaign stuff and mm -hmm. I think it's actually pretty fun. Um, it's not like, I think you should still set your expectations pretty carefully. It's not rock band. It's not DJ hero, but, um, it's, it's fun and it's engaging and it's a fun way to learn how to use the tools. And then the, <laughs> the breadth of control you have over stuff in the freestyle mode is wild. Uh, it definitely is is an impressive piece of software there. Is it a good game or is it a good toy? Um, I have to see what it looks like playing against another person. I think right. Um, because the campaign they score you basically. You have your mix right. You have your four different discs. Um, which is. I mean, whatever you want to call them, but they're, they're like parts of songs. So you'll have like the vocal part, the drum part, and, and very quickly you get to the point where you could just have four different drum tracks playing if you wanted to. You can mix and match however you want. Um, and the game part of it, I'm going to try to explain this because I, I had been desperate for someone to try to explain it, and everyone on podcasts doesn't really explain it. So bear with me. Skip ahead if this is technical and boring for you. Basically, there is a crowd meter like you would get in like a rock band or whatever sure. and if your mix sits for too long without you changing it the crowd meter starts to drop and then so, so they're millennials they get they they get they bored. need yeah yes. they need things that and it's change tuned pretty well it feels like you can sit there for a second and kind of enjoy your mix and not have to literally be hammering a button every two seconds but also that you do have to change it so that piece of the scoring puzzle every i think it's 32 bars but i'm not sure maybe that's too long but every so often in the song it'll hit the end of like a section and it's not really like the section of a song it's more like a section of your set because the songs will just loop um but but it's you'll hit like a section of your set and if and you get a score based on what the crowd meter is at so to max it out you have to keep the crowd meter maxed out but you only have to have it maxed out at the point at which it tracks your points. And I think that's the weakest part of the system hmm. is it's like, it's hard sometimes to, it has a meter for when that timer is going to tick off and you're, it's going to count your points. But sometimes it feels like, Oh, that's hitting at a, at a, at a time that is like frustrating. Interesting. Reason, so, so sorry, sorry, just to clarify, it's not cumulative. Like it's not everything up until that point. It's literally within some window that it's scoring. Yeah. It looks at your meter and if the meter is maxed, it gives you the max points for that scoring mechanic. There's several yeah. other ones. So the okay. other thing you, when you drop song, like parts, 
onto the onto the platters. If you do it on a downbeat, you get a certain amount of bonus points. But what you <laughs> okay. really want to do is drop it at a specific pickup is what they call them, which is where it's like this is like you want to drop it right when Billie Eilish says I'm the bad guy. You want the song to come in. So when you hover over a track, it gives you or a song in your crate it gives you on the like sort of timeline of the song and you see your, 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 um, your header move over the timeline as it goes, you'll see like a little red dot. And that means if you drop it right on that beat, if you drop the vocals right on that beat, that's a pickup. So it's like a, an interesting beat in the song that makes that like sounds good. So you get the most points for your drops if they're on pickups. So if you want to play at maximum efficiency, you should only be dropping tracks on the pickups uh but you also have to keep the mix fresh so that's where that timing can become a bit of a a battle because you want to make sure that you have the crowd meter maxed out for when the the section ticks over so you get your score but you also want to try to drop stuff on pickups because you get bonus points for dropping them on pickups Mm. um and then on top of that there are crowd requests that will come up so the crowd will pop up like a speech bubble will pop up and say like someone will be like I really want to hear drums and somebody else will be like I really want to hear temperature the Sean Paul song. So if you can combo those and if you drop if you drop the drums from temperature on a pickup <laughs> then you're going to get a huge combo score because you satisfied both crowd requests which are also on timers themselves and they'll tick down and you can fail them. Um so it's sort of combining all this stuff hmm. is 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 can get pretty challenging um, and feels good to, to do because you still feel like you hit those moments where you're like, fuck yeah, that was awesome. This might sound like a weird comparison, but it kind of sounds like a rhythm game equivalent of cook, serve delicious to an extent. Yes. I think it's as close to cook, serve delicious as it is to rock band for sure. Um, Hmm. The thing is that for the campaign challenges, you can basically choose the lowest BPM song and yeah. it makes everything significantly easier because everything is tied to the beat. The section's ticking over, crowd requests running out, like all of that's tied to the beat. So, and then in later campaign levels, once they give you control of the BPM, you can manually just set it to 90. So you have the mm-hmm. most time. Yeah. So you can kind of cheese it and that makes it feel a little less like good, but like ma- less magical. <laughs> yes. But they have. Uh, a fairly robust system of DJ battles where there's actually like a season pass kind of thing. It's not, you don't have to pay for it or anything. It's just in there and there's a ladder. So (laughs) it has like, if I don't know what it would be like to play on the ladder, I think it could be really fun to to try to manage all this stuff against another person because you can't just at that point you can use the BPM because I assume the way it works is you're throwing back and forth and trying to beat each other. It's like horse kind of, well, not like horse, because you're not doing the exact same thing, but you're trying to like, I set the tempo and set up a mix and then the mix goes over to you and then you riff off of my mix and try to score points. And then it comes back to me. I think that's how it works because it wouldn't make sense for you to be playing simultaneously. Cause like, how would that function? It'd be like that battle of the bands and Scott Pilgrim. (laughs) No, I don't (laughs) think it's like that. Uh, can, you, can you can you play the where we are sex bomb and we're here to make you feel sad and stuff so i wouldn't be surprised if they add that eventually um but it kind of sounds like i forget the name of 
when you put it that way, it sounds like uh, it's like a board game, but not actually a board game. It's the one where you're drawing something, and then someone else like sees your last drawing. And oh, continues yeah, I know it. what you're talking about. I, I forget what that's, I forgot what that's all, called. But yeah, all, it's almost something like draw that. Some. Where draw some? Yeah, draw some. maybe draw some. I mean, there, I mean, there's a million variations yeah. and that <clears throat> kind of thing. But yeah, so it, that's kind of cool that it's keeping keeping track of all that stuff, then letting people kind of build off of that. That's but neat. it's like a one-on-one thing too. So you're, it's very back yeah. and forth. You can do right. it in a freestyle mode. That's more like cooperative with friends in like kind of private games. That's cool. um, and then they also have this like social festival thing where you can submit a freestyle mix. They like theme it. And I think they limit your track options and that doesn't have any of the scoring stuff related to it at all. It's just like you submit a mix and then people literally listen to your mix and vote on it. And then there are rewards based on like, you don't have to necessarily win the votes, but by contributing mixes and voting on other people's mixes, you unlock more cosmetic stuff too. Um, which is, is really cool. I think they, they did a really good job of like making it more of a platform than I thought. That's the stuff I didn't know about from hearing people talk about it is it has a lot of features built in that make it make the game parts last longer than just the campaign. Um, and the campaign is, is long. It's like seven hours long. Uh, so it's a cool game. I, I would say if you're on the fence and you've kind of been wondering if it's worth the money, I think it, it justifies itself as the as a as the product that it is. Um, I, I thought it was like a two hour campaign that wasn't very good with this toy element, but I think there's a lot more game there than that, and I've had fun playing it. I will say playing it on a controller seems like not the way to play it to me, but maybe that's just a preference thing that it works really well on mouse and keyboard um, because you like mouse over a track and then they tie the, the each, each uh, song has four stems basically and they tie them to ASDF. Um, so as to like the platters, I should say not the stems. Sure. Sure, so you sure. mouse over the stem you want and then you hit the platter button that's associated with it and it drops yep. it. So you can very quickly drop like four tracks onto the different platters if you're um, with a mouse. I can't imagine that would be enjoyable when you if you're like cursoring around with a, a controller. Um, but mm. I, I mean, it would tie at least to the face buttons, the drop parts. But you would have to be selecting the stems with a controller, which seems rough to me. That would that would be fun. Fuser VR. Oh hell yeah, that would that would be awesome. I bet <laughs> can, I bet like, they'll pull a Stevie and throw a cake in VR. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll say too, can they have a pretty GG Allen. The... I'm not going to finish that joke. <laughs> God, God. Uh, um, the the uh, the the stages are really cool visually, and I think the the characters in the story mode are really fun. Um, the the harmonics does a I think a great job with like coming up with fun colorful characters uh, totally like the first character is like this pretty standard but a cool guy like Caribbean um uh like Latin fusion kind of dance guy um and then like the second character you meet is like uh and the characters are tied to stages um the second character you meet is like this kid who who's a rapper and he wears like a a, a hat like a like a full head cover mask thing like DJs oh, do. Oh, okay. Um, like you're like a dead mouse or Yes. Whatever. And he's like nine years old, but he acts like he's hot shit <laughs> and like talks about how he's the best rapper in the world and stuff. Um, but they made his stage like 
ice cream and corgis. Um, <laughs> All right. Uh, and he's like talking, arguing with his mom about how they fucked up a stage on the phone all the time. And then the third stage is this like, um, non-binary super like trance into person who is like kind of stonery and really likes empanadas. And they have like Hell really yeah. cool, like it, it was, it shouldn't be, but it was still kind of cool that it was like, Oh, they use they, them pronouns and are obviously non-binary. That's awesome. Just to see this character there. Um, but then also they're a really engaging, interesting character in my opinion and funny. Um, so I don't know. I think, I think it has a really cool vibe as a package and is definitely worth your time. If you like, um, like music festivals as a concept, even if you don't think you're super creative, you'll enjoy playing the game part, I think. And if you are inclined to get into sort of the mixing stuff, it's a really robust tool in that way. I think for me, the thing that is, um, cool about it is I can download like, uh, Ableton or whatever, like these, the, like, uh, files for this stuff and kind of come to understand how to use them. But the problem I run into is always like, okay, but now I got to find a crate full of stems. And in some cases you can do that kind of easily. In some cases it's like, well, I don't really want to pirate this stuff. And so and trying, some things just don't have stems available. Right. And what's cool about Fuser is it removes that barrier by just giving you a, a ton of songs to work with across genres so that you can kind of get the basics of how this stuff works down. And if that's enough for you, cool. But if you then wanted to graduate, 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 graduate to something that's more professional, then you already have the basics down. You already have like an understanding of how some of the the concepts work. And then you can go on the hunt for like, how do people actually get music Um, rather than having to do that just to experiment. Yeah, it's a curated training wheels experience, but not in like mm-hmm. a reductive mm-hmm. way. Like, no, no, yeah, absolutely, that's totally accurate. Yeah, the the world's next Neil Cicierga is playing Fuser right now. I mean, it has or will ironic... be playing Fuser in well, the near future. I mean, DJ Cumberbund already exists, but <laughs> the only <laughs> the only thing I wish that Fuser had, um, which in the training wheel sense, I think it would be cool, is I wish that it just told you the the real BPM of a song mm-hmm. in oh, sure. the, like on the little cover that it gives you in the crate because sometimes um, like ironic is a good example. If I'm feeling goofy and I want to drop ironic, but I don't realize like, God. Oh, the BPM is currently at 160 because I'm playing some insane dance track. I don't really want Alanis Morissette to sing that fast. Sean Paul's temperature. Yes. Um, <laughs> And then you put ironic over that and it's like, oh, wow, this is doesn't sound good because it's sped up. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it would be cool to just if it was just like, wait, 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 I'm at this BPM. This song is originally at this BPM. I should probably not. I should probably bring it down before I I throw this on the the platter. That would be cool. But that's a very minor. The sentence you said there broke my brain for a moment. The if I'm feeling goofy and I want to drop ironic, it's like my brain went like, Okay, Goofy is in like the dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Drop ironic. It must be some drug reference. Where are we That's, dropping, boys? Yeah. <laughs> I want to drop ironic, ironic. with Goofy. <laughs> Get fucking wrecked. Yep. Like the, the Well, <laughs> gee, Pat. I want to drop ironic with you. The, the, yep, if, yep, yep. If, if any listeners have been to Disney World, 
you'll know that uh, in the Magic Kingdom, there's like Mickey's Village or whatever, uh, and it's charming. And um, it would be very funny to like go there for the fireworks show and find a strung out Goofy and <laughs> Jesus <laughs> drop acid with Goofy. God, it's still go drop ironic. Studios Village where they have DJs play at night. Dropping ironic with Goofy is what happens in Kingdom Hearts Two when he dies. <laughs> Okay, if Donald Duck is the most powerful mage in all of Final Fantasy, what is Goofy? Yeah. Is he the most powerful just no, chucklehead or what? Nah, most no, powerful he's, he's, no, he's he's he dies. He, and he comes back to life. Yeah. Uh so he's he's stronger than Aerith. So he <laughs> He's the strongest evanescence. Bring me Actually, to life. Aerith could Aerith hey, could have come back at any time. Hey, hey. Speaking of Fuser, bring me to life as infuser. Yeah, Let me tell is. you. There are some yep. moments when dropping, if you can find where, like, in the song, <laughs> where the rap part, rap rock part yeah. of Bring Me to Life, if you've got, like, if you've got, like, the drums from Temperature going with the, the synth part from Bad Guy, and I <laughs> love throw to down use, a wake me up! <laughs> yeah, I love to use, uh, I love to use, um, uh, In the Club, the 50 Cent song, the rap <laughs> sure. from that, like, the vocals from that, like, works with everything. Wake me up, but in then the club. Exactly, you can totally do that because you can like mute the tracks. Oh, good, and like cross, sort of crossfade back and forth between them. Oh, that that is actually DJ kind of shit. That's yes. Great. Okay. Um, I need to build out the controls a little bit more because by default you have to mouse over the track to be able to mm. to to mute it and solo it. So but I, well, between this and that, what spin rhythm? It's time for you to get a turntable. It sounds like. And, so uh, I actually MIDI totally, I don't know how deep their support for that stuff in Fuser goes. I think if you got into it, it could be super fun to get a MIDI controller and kind of yeah, like interact with the game in that way. It certainly is robust enough that it has. Um, you could totally do it if they support it. Like the, yeah. it, it's deep enough. It's a deep enough feature set that if you had a four platter MIDI controller or even just one with like buttons for different tracks, like you mute solo and fade different tracks. And if it would let you control them each independently that way, it would work. I could see it being tough for like the competitive play because that could be mm-hmm. advantageous to you. So maybe they'd have to disable it there, but it would be neat if they would add support for that. Um, Cause it would work. Uh, and be awesome. Yeah. It's so weird that this is just what that card game was. Drop mix. Yeah, drop mix. Yeah, it's, like, a lot it's different, better, but it's but, yes, but like that was the the genesis the, of this. It's the sensible way to do it. Yes. <laughs> to do uh, that thing. Yeah. But yeah. And obviously it sounds way better too because you can do it on your real headphones instead of yeah. coming out of shitty iPad speakers. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Well. Uh, that's fuser. And, Man, I will say the the biggest thing, the thing that's probably going to get Fuser on my game of the year list, even over mm. something like Spin Rhythm, is temperature. No, <laughs> I think I think Spin Rhythm is a better rhythm game than Fuser, but totally at the same time, me. Fuser just it does. Have you ever seen that the video of the like this is what DJs do, and it's the guy with like the plastic cup, and mm. it's like it's he's just like he's just like turning the crank, and then the drop happens, and he like jumps away at the drop and stuff and is like doing that it gives you that feeling of like okay wait for it wait for it and then bam i hit the d key and like did a flourish in my living room because 
it felt really good to do, even though no one can see it kind of thing. Um, Cause sometimes I played when, closer flies. Well, and things <laughs> like sometimes, sometimes you're playing one mix and then all of a sudden you're like, you know what? I just want to play the entirety of killing in the name of right now. So you hover over killing in the name of, and you just like pound all four of the keys for dropping the tracks and you drop all of that song at once. <laughs> <laughs> and it feels really good. It's cool. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. All right. Well, that's Fuser. And I, th- I uh, Alex says he didn't play any new games this week. Nope. So that's that's going to do it for our game talk. But you yep. want to talk about the uh, the thing you thing you did do this week? Oh yeah. Um. So like at least you know give a taste or something. <laughs> Yeah, just drop a clip in. But no, um, uh, we've been talking about how I was looking to do a coding kind of episode or uh, podcast or series or whatever it mm-hmm. ends up being. Uh, and that is recorded. That is ready to go. That is ready to be put out. That is ready for people to listen to. Um, I had written, th- this one's fully written. It's not improv-y and mm-hmm. jokey. Okay. It's like these ones. It's actually more educational. Um, and... I had written it like a month ago, maybe two. I can't even remember because 2020. Um, but I went through it and I was getting ready to record. I was like, you know what? This isn't great. Too much content, not enough time. Like it would have been like an hour long, super dense. And I was like, mm-hmm. no. So totally rewrote it, took out like half the stuff and just expanded on the other stuff. And it's now like a half hour of content that's reasonably dense, but like you'll probably want to actively listen to it, but it's still digestible it's not uh, too crazy what do we what do we program in here we go doing like uh like bots to buy new next gen consoles we doing uh yep what are, we, what are we doing yeah that's the whole point of the entire series is that it's going to give you ways to get into being a scalper okay no no um the you to get your own game. next gen hardware whether it be <laughs> pc or new phone or yeah, anything you want don't do that that stuff is so scummy. Um, <laughs> the first episode uh, is what is coding. It is okay. ways you can get into it. What it, what is the practice of coding? And then the next this episode. This is a mouse. This is a keyboard. Yep. Put this, this together. Is, keyboard mouse. Yeah. Bup, there you bup, go. Bup, bup, KBM. That's 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 uh, everything you need to code right there. Just keyboard and mouse. You don't that's even key. need the mouse. You just need a keyboard mouse pineapple apple pen anyways uh yeah and then i have a second episode that i'm working on uh which is more like what it's like day-to-day life of actually being a dev and like resources for how to get there and stuff like that so like it is meant to be more educational and as of right now the first two episodes at least are solo casts uh Mm -hmm. and i'm hoping to i don't know we'll figure out what date or what day of the week they'll go up and try and do it like every two weeks maybe okay something like that and then after those first two episodes, I might try and get some guests on. Um, I already have people who are interested in doing it because for the script of this first episode, I basically passed it around to almost a half dozen uh, senior devs just to see like, hey, what do you think of this? Like, is this too much information? Is it not enough? Is this something that you would show to an intern? Is this what you would show to someone who's interested in getting to like learn what coding is and all that kind of stuff? Mm-hmm. And they said, yeah, like they suggested some changes and... Yeah, so it is pretty curated by a decent group of people at this point. And I'm sure some of those people will probably end up showing up on it for conversations. Cool. That's awesome. 
Nice. So look forward to that. Is that going to go up just on the regular game fix uh, feed for now? Yeah, that's a good question. Probably for at least the first episode. Um, mm-hmm. And if it gets enough reception after the first couple episodes, then I'll probably break it into its own thing. But we'll see. Okay. Cool. And uh, going from there, unless anyone has any objections, we'll we'll head into the news. Nope. No news it up, baby. All right. Well, this week we were we were hit uh, just yesterday. We were, we were struck by. Uh, oh, there were the 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 politicians were among us, and <laughs> uh, AOC and. Is it Jagmeat? Jugmeat. Yeah. Jugmeat. Okay. Uh, that mm. Jugmeat Singh had uh, a, a pretty short notice uh, Among Us stream where they ended up raising two, over $200,000 for charities for like food banks and stuff like that. Is and that housing correct? And, yeah. Housing for, home, yeah. for homeless folks. Essentially, like the stuff, I, I don't, I can't speak to, to Canadian politics, but basically all mm-hmm. the stuff that is just deadlocked in Congress mm, in the United yes. States that they can't yes. seem to figure out how to uh, provide basic support and services for the people of this country. Um, mm-hmm. I have tons of respect for AOC just saying, you know what, fuck it. Let's raise some money for these people because yeah. her direct action did more yesterday for people struggling in the pandemic right now than oh, yeah. what Congress has been able to do in the past five months. So yeah. Um, basically, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think it's a really powerful show of how ineffective our politicians are and how <laughs> broken our system is and how someone who has a platform and intelligently can make a real difference. So I definitely applaud it. Yeah. Yeah. I found it interesting just how impromptu it was. Like it was basically uh drug meat, like reaching out and being like, Hey, I might stream some among us AOC. Would you be interested? And then she was like, sure. Why not? And then the next day I, they did it. Yeah. I, I wonder if it was actually that impromptu. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, it's, um, it's, it, it was, uh, listening to how Victoria Tran was tell, telling about it. I mean, uh, like, she might not have been privy. Yeah. But it's hard to know for sure. I think if like it could like, you know, uh, the, like, you know, who was coming in, but I feel like between the two of them, like between Jagmeet and AOC, that might've been like a cute little, like, Oh, Hey, let's, let's stream a thing. It's hard to know for how long it was. Yeah. I, now I'll say the first stream that that she did with uh, with Ilhan that was fairly impromptu to the point that like there were people like running parts to Ilhan's campaign headquarters so that she could play um, yeah like a half hour before the stream so I think to a degree it's pretty they have been impromptu and I would guess mm-hmm. that I don't think this was like they've been planning this for a month I think it's no. more like probably they talked about it before drug meet tweeted at her yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, no um, idea but like pretty impossible to say from the outside but either way yeah. it was, in the end it was a really cool event and yeah mm-hmm. um i ended up watching it after some of the questionable people had already kind of left the thing which i don't even know if we have to really talk about but they should vet I, those they should probably yeah, vet those better i think it's i think um but i don't i also don't think that was any fault of either aoc or drug meat like I really doubt they were the ones who <laughs> gathered the streamers. So I think that the fact of the matter is that they're entering a space and it they have a responsibility to vet the people they're streaming with, whether they gather them or not. I mean, mm. I wouldn't let, you know, Biden off the hook if like 
one of his staffers chose George Bush to speak at a campaign event or something. Like, I think, I think, I think that like, it's at the end of the day, it really is an event that AOC and Jagmeet were, were pot, were, were, um, kind of marketing and, and, and stuff. So I think it is kind of on them to make sure that the people they're streaming with are good, are good people. But at the same time, I think it speaks more to how, um, dynamic and challenging, which is as a space to operate in as a person who is as a politician, because it's hard to do that. Um, I certainly don't think what I'm, I'm certainly not saying like, fuck them. I can't believe they streamed with this person. Mm. Idiots. It's more like, um, (laughs) I hope that there's a, that, that learning comes out of it. Uh, and that, that the, the vetting process is a little more robust next time around. Um, but I also think there's an argument to be made for like popular people in the space exist. So if you want to reach those people's audiences, like Mm -hmm. part of the problem with somebody like XQC is he has a lot of people that in his audience that are like, politics is stupid. I'm not going to invest in this. I mean, someone made an argument to me yesterday that, it's a positive thing that he's not invested in politics, which is like you should be invested in your local politics. <laughs> That's like really core important part of being a functioning member of society and having a functioning society. So if AOC can convince some of his audience to get involved politically, that's not a bad thing. Um, it's just an interesting challenge, I think, for them to overcome. Yeah. If they continue to do these kinds of events. I, I do agree, but I also can see a case for what that person is saying purely in the sense if you think of it as entertainment for children, <laughs> like in in his essence, that's what that guy is. So it's like I wouldn't want the Teletubbies saying, you know, no, th- this is like whoever, this is like, but um, I don't want anyone to talk about politics uh, because I personally am not invested in. I mean, XQC's whole oh, thing sure. is that like, yeah, he's not willing to personally invest in politics and learn. So that's oh, why he's apolitical. Okay. That's, that's different. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's what that's I'm different. saying. Yeah. Not, okay. I'm not saying every stream has to get into local politic political issues. I certainly don't all the time when I stream stuff. It's right. he's saying personally he doesn't like vote. He doesn't participate oh, in the political okay. system because he's not willing to invest the time to understand it. Well, um, if that, then that's dumb. as an adult, which I think is fucking <laughs> that's, pathetic. That's, irresp- that's irresponsible yeah. in that case. <laughs> uh, so I think it's funny that he then went on a stream with two of the most like engaging politicians engaging and dynamic politicians in north american politics yeah to take a step back for those who might not know who jagmeet singh is because like i imagine his name has not come up for a lot of people before like i think we've actually talked about him on our Mm -hmm. podcast before yeah totally maybe um because he's uh he's a canadian mp a member of parliament uh and he's also the leader of the new democratic party who is in terms of our mainstream political parties is the most left. Mm-hmm. Um, like we have like four or five, depending how you define it, mainstream political parties. And yeah, NDP is consistently the one most left. They're the most progressive, I guess, uh, stands for new, new Democrat party. So for him and AOC to work together makes sense because yeah. <laughs> their, their views align on a lot of things. Um, even cross borders. Cause uh, believe it or not, Canadian politics do get affected by American politics. So um, <laughs> I know it's surprising, but yeah, so it was really cool to see them totally. working together and kind of crossing that divide in a, a kind of friendly space. Yes. And I really don't want to seem overly negative. I think it just, I think that 
there's a responsibility as people who are invested in the space to be critical of it because I do think that they need to get better, but I also don't think it was like a failure or like the stream was a failure or anything. I think it's yeah, no, it was- streaming with the questionable person to raise $200,000 to help people is, is a net positive in the end. So Yeah. And by the time I started watching, which was probably like the last two, two and a half hours or something, uh, that streamer was no longer even there. So yeah. like, I don't know how long they were there. I don't know if they were there for 20 minutes and then just left or whatever, but like the crew they had was great. Um, I was watching it largely from uh, the inner dev Twitch channel because like I've seen AOC stream. I've seen the rest of those people are streamers. Like Alana Pierce was there. I've, I've seen her stream before, uh, but I had never seen uh, the dev perspective and like Victoria Tran was the one running it and they ended up having some other devs show up. And as well as modding the chat and stuff. So and it was a smaller stream. It was like usually hanging around 120 people versus like the 50,000 people on some of the In other the streams. Stream. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So like you could actually have conversations and like actually have conversations with the devs, which was kind of cool and seeing how excited they were about the whole event. So yeah, that was cool. And I don't know how, how much um, I think part of the reason that I also kind of grip my teeth a little bit is I don't know how, much this kind of stuff happens in Canadian politics, but you know, there's every possibility that I don't think that her opponent will be smart enough to do this. But if, as this becomes more mainstream and if there are more politicians streaming, it's very easy for in American politics, someone to go from, Oh, AOC streamed with, um, corpse husband does this too. Corpse husband and, uh, and, and XQC. And here's what their friend PewDiePie does. And then there's a political ad tying AOC to, you know, people mm-hmm. in Africa being tricked into saying holding anti-Semitic signs. You know, oh, it's sure. like the, six so degrees I of separation kind of stuff. Obviously, I'm not saying that I think she's okay with that kind of behavior, and I don't necessarily even know. I don't know those two other dudes. Maybe they're, maybe they only do it because there's a lot of money in it. I don't know, but it's very easy to draw those those conclusions. For people mm-hmm. who are uninformed, it's it's yeah. it's an easy target politically. So I think it's, people, by and yeah. large, should just be careful with vetting when they sure. stream. Yeah, I think that's probably literally the only critique I would yes, have. Yes, totally. Yes, I would yeah. le- I would leverage against this. And also, yeah. uh, a fun thing that happened near the end is that AOC said that if they raised over two hundred thousand dollars for this charity, that she would talk to Bernie and see if he would be up for joining Which one of these streams. Really and, funny. And they did raise over two hundred thousand. Yeah. So it would be. It would be great to see Bernie on one of these. It'd just be a, so weird. Well, and it's such an important platform for engagement. I mean, yeah. it's playing, it's streaming a game is as important now as like throwing out the first pitch at a baseball game or whatever. And you actually have an opportunity to talk to people while you do it. So yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's two way communication in a lot yes. of cases. He yeah. already has the Twitch channel. Yeah. Does. You're right. <laughs> I don't know if it would be possible to explain to, to Bernie how to play among us, but uh, they could play Jackbox. I'm sure that like, oh my god, they could play Imagine, like, like, oh like you don't know Jack. Man. They could play like the quiz games and stuff. I was gonna say, what about the rap battle one with Bernie? <laughs> what and would he come up with? I don't that? know how good great. he is at writing stuff on his phone, but that would be amazing. <laughs> you can you can do it on a computer. Yeah. It's true. Um, well, do you, think, we'll do, you, hmm. do you think Bernie Sanders uses Home Row or is he a like a pecking? Hunt and like peck. Hunt and peck. 
he uses a typewriter and then he hands that to an assistant. <laughs> I bet. And then that assistant types it up. I bet he has like very fast hunt and pack, like, um, like kind of touch typey kind of like, I bet he's, I bet he knows his way around a keyboard, but also doesn't use homebrow. All right. I, I, uh, he, yeah, he can, he can type. I, I bet. I imagine he's a smart man mm-hmm. yes, uh, is. who has been involved in, that's the you thing. Know. He's written a lot of very long legislative documents. So, yep. yeah. And according to AOC, he also loves the internet. So, that's concerning. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to think about Bernie Sanders on the on internet. On the chance. Like, it's, what's yeah, Bernie, Bernie Sanders? Sanders on Paul. <laughs> oh, God. What's Bernie Sanders' favorite subreddit? Oh, it's the Donald. Oh God! No, it's the, it's the he his favorite subreddit is is probably a cheese related one, or animals being cute. Or the best or whatever. The best. He just clip. He oh, just lurks. Am I the asshole? The best. <laughs> the best clip of Bernie Sanders ever is him talking about his favorite cheeses. That is. I'll have to look that up later. I'll find well, it for you. Thank uh, you. Next we'll put it, we'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> Next up on our list of news, uh, a new game was announced. Surprise, new games. They they still exist. Uh, the World Ends With You. Uh, a sequel? A yeah, it's, it's, it looks like it's ripping off Persona. Like, it, it seems like this game that came out of nowhere. Don't do this. Don't do this, Alex. <laughs> I can't you believe people get, were having get, that take. <laughs> uh, you know, some people have never seen a video game before, and then they they sprung out of the womb, and the only video game they've seen is Persona Five. Yeah, when did the first uh, one? When did the first one? It was a DS game, right? I uh, yes, and it, I think it came out when I was like graduating yeah, it, high school. So there's like only two thousand seven, two thousand eight ish. Yes, there's only one, and it is the DS one. They have ported it and like done director's cuts version of it or whatever, but. There is only one. Well, okay. There's two. The world ends with you. Game one. The world ends with you. Two. Yep. Kingdom Hearts Dream Drop Disc. I was about to say, <laughs> <laughs> which actually has ramifications for the world ends with you in it. That's interesting. Like, you, in a lot of weird because it takes place in a dream, and yes, does that mean all yes. of the world ends with you takes place it, in like a dream? Does it? it? And didn't it take some mechanics from Chain of Memories, if I remember right? Uh, not is really. Is it a card battler? It's not a card. So the the thing about the world ends with you that's tough, and this is why none of the mm. ports of it capture what made the original so good, is in the original on DS, you were playing two games simultaneously on the different screens. Mm. Right. So on the right. top screen, you were playing a, like, not rhythm, but, like, it was like a you had to hit the face buttons to do attacks with a person yeah. on the top screen. And then on the bottom screen, you had to tap on enemies and draw symbols and stuff to fight on the bottom screen. So it was um, extremely unique because you're literally playing two different games at once with your two different hands. It was really cool. And no port of it has been able to recreate that um, because (laughs) it's just not because of, you know, I don't know how the switch one works. It would be possible that they could split it into two sections. Maybe they'd do it there, but there's no microphone on the switch. Is there? Uh, I don't know. There's also no stylus that comes with the switch, so yeah. you kind of needed the stylus for it to work. Yeah, because you need to like, yeah, because in the DS you kind of tap thing. Yeah, precisely tap and also scream at it. <laughs> yeah, there was. I think there was audio stuff too that for that would control things. So, yeah. yeah. Um, but no, th- those game or that game, 
ported was really cool. So it's yeah. kind of awesome to see it back. And what it's called Neo. Neo, the world ends with you, I think. I guess, yeah. Neo, the world ends I with you. I just worry that it's going to lose some of what made it cool, you know, um, by not having... Yeah, the Kingdom Hearts stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, by not having that, uh, that two-screen dynamic. I mean, that's why the ports have not been as widely talked about, I think. Um, well, so, well, then you're you're porting a game and like removing stuff. If you're building yeah. a game with that in mind, then exactly, you can if do like a new thing, right? But if it's, but if it's just a, up, yeah, yeah. But if it's just a Persona style JRPG, mm, yeah. I, I mean, I, what? I, I, sure. <laughs> yeah, it's possible it'll be that, but it's also possible it'll be something super creative. So, and I hope uh, it is. Yeah, I'd uh, love to see. Yeah. Yes. Um, I think the art in that game is fucking rad. So even yeah. If, uh, the, the style yes um and the music is really cool and stuff so um it's uh it's it's interesting because there's not a ton of games outside of the shin megami tensei oeuvre that um <laughs> that that use that are, are like japanese urban fantasy um and, and yakuza <laughs> like a dragon <laughs> uh the world ends with you is that in a big way Occupus uh, Calig- trip. Calig- Caligula effect. That was kind of similar, but it wasn't very yeah. good. Uh, but, but yeah, no. Um, but for reals, that whole discourse around Persona fans was just the worst. <laughs> like, it, uh, like they, they claimed yeah. ownership over Sh- Shibuya. Basically, <laughs> they're like, "This is in Shibuya. Well, this is." <laughs> yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's tough. I don't know. When you have no, no game ever used Shibuya before Persona when, Five, <laughs> of course not. <laughs> when you have um, media that is like that, that like pulls. I think the thing about a lot of that is um, there's a lot of Persona Five fans who aren't even necessarily big fans of like video games as a whole. Yeah, they're just really big fans of that specific game. You yeah. get this like weird um, true effect where it's people kind of talking about a, a a whole medium. They don't fully understand. Um, It's like how, like I know a lot of my friends who were in art school would groan when people would talk about how like beautiful the Mona Lisa is when it's like important painting. You don't really know anything about art. (laughs) Uh, Sure. And, and and so I think it can be frustrating from that angle. Yeah, or independent filmmakers who all their friends say Fight Club is the best movie of all time forever. Totally, with, yeah, like, yeah, same kind Fight of thing. Club. Yeah, like, yes, it's a good movie, and at the yeah, time it yeah. was a good movie, but there's a lot more movies. Persona right. 5, it's a, sure, it's a good game. I don't like it very much, but it's a good game. But there's a lot more stuff that you can, like, I also other think stuff. <laughs> Persona games in general and five, maybe more than even other ones is the kind of game that you have to approach. Like, you know, when Allison says, I love persona five, I, I don't feel, I feel like I'm kind of like, yeah, okay, cool. I mean, you understand that you're approaching it with a critical eye and understand yeah. that there are issues with that game. And so, totally. you know, in the same way that like, I'm very excited about cyberpunk. There's been a lot of transphobic advertising for that game. Like, I'm not going to go in and be like, I love this thing. And that also means, you know, when I if I say I love this thing, that I'm also not saying I love any transphobic shit in it. Yeah. But with Persona fans, sometimes, Persona 5 fans in particular, sometimes it's like, I don't know if you're understanding that this thing is not holistically good. <laughs> uh, 
and that can be that can make the conversation difficult from the from the jump like that lack of of being able to be critical of the thing in any way um that happens sometimes with these kinds of fandoms yeah critical objectivity is a valuable thing yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah. all right i'm gonna move us on to the next story which is speaking of cyberpunk Oh wait, no, no, not <laughs> speaking of cyberpunk. Yet. That could have fit for either of these stories. Uh, Square Enix says uh-huh. people can work from home starting December first, which is uh, Tuesday, uh, basically permanently. Uh, which is surprising for a Japanese company, especially one like Square, which has been notoriously like weird about like yeah. their like security, I guess, infosec yes. stuff. Yeah. yeah, 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 totally. But, uh, hey, uh, if people can stay home, like, you know, work from home if they want, that's that's good. Especially because right now in Japan, things are getting worse yeah. uh, with the COVID. Uh, worse, it, things are worse than they have been uh, at any point previous, much like everywhere else. Well, uh, mostly like in the United States. <laughs> I, I mean, like, you know, think, things are obviously much, much worse in the U.S., but, you know, the same yeah, kind I of pattern where things are currently. I mean, we know, knew th- this was going to happen. There's, right? there's like, a second wave. We knew that was yeah. coming. Yeah. But second yeah, no. wave, isn't this like the third wave or something? Yeah, I don't depends, know. It's like depends third, where the third wave never ended in the United States. But, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I think it's, it's about a, to be real bad in two weeks, everybody. Yeah. Oh, in the States? Absolutely. But yeah, man. Um, yeah. I think Happy it's a positive move. Uh, I think the Square Enix thing is a positive yes. move. Um, yes. And hopefully it sets a precedent for a lot of other, uh, not just game studios, just companies, just I think, work, workplaces. I think remote working is, is a net positive thing, period. Um, yeah. Like, because it there's a lot of reasons why. I will say I saw a really interesting um, uh, take on this, and it wasn't even necessarily a ne- negative one at the concept, but uh, Anton Hand, developer of Hot Dogs, Horseshoes, and Hand yep. Grenades, was talking about how this what this is going to do in the United States is if um, if if Activision can hire someone to do QA from their home in Ohio and pay them mm-hmm. Ohio rates, then yep. the job market in mm. the Bay Area where all of these people have concentrated is going to basically evaporate yep. because if they can pay the market rates for super for lower income areas or areas where cost of living is much lower and they don't have to pay San Francisco salaries, there's no reason for them to continue to pay people in San Francisco to do the job because living yep. in San Francisco doesn't inherently yeah. make you better uh, at the job. Than I mean, the, yeah, people are already running um, into that. Where like Facebook is like saying, okay, we're doing, if you want, you can work from home permanently. And people are like, we're getting out of, uh, the Bay Area then, and then Facebook is also saying, well, we're also cutting your salary to you yeah. know, match that yeah. cost of living. And I would maybe kind of make a tiny adjustment to your statement there, Pat. You're right that being in San Francisco doesn't mean you're the best at it, but it does tend to attract people uh, in that field there more than other places, much like you know, in the 70s, 60s, 70s, Nashville attracted lots of musicians because that's where the scene sure. was. And Silicon Valley is still huge for developers, so the standard of developers there tends to be higher but well if if we can if we can remove that barrier and we can just make it a global thing or at least you know like a countrywide thing depending on the business itself how they want to do it but whatever for reasons yeah like suddenly the person who lives in the middle of arkansas 
who's been programming their entire life but doesn't have the ability to move to San Francisco, maybe they actually get an opportunity to work with, you know, their dream their dream group of people. I think part of it too is the concern that there are a lot of um well not a lot of, but there's a lot of people who have moved through a handful of like game design degree programs sure. that are not necessarily you're going to get a much better education if you go to UCLA for for um for for like computer science than you're going to get like doing wholesale online uh, not even necessarily community college but but i mean yes to that too but full sale online sure. game dev program and i think the cons- part of the concern to your point is um it has nothing to do with people it's more all it has to do with people's opportunity it doesn't have to do with their intelligence but someone who does live in rural arkansas may have can may have gone through something like a full sale program and then currently is working at like as like a manager in retail or or an office mm. job for like a local thing or you know in city government or something um yeah because there's no opportunities a, yeah right and now they can get a game design job but did that education that uh i'm not making the argument because i'm not that familiar with their programs but i have heard people say those programs are basically predatory because they yeah. don't actually teach you usable skills um Depends that, on the program, but yeah. Yeah, but can, is that person going to be able to work at the same level as someone who did have the opportunity to go to a place like UCLA and get mm-hmm. a computer science degree? And how will that affect workflow and stuff? And yeah. the problem being that, will Activision give a shit anyway because they ha- they can pay that person nothing <laughs> compared to what they pay people who have that more yeah. prestigious education? Well, by, um, the, by the way, this is interesting. This is extremely relevant. Um, if you're interested in these kinds of thoughts and how to get started, listen to the first episode of Coding yeah. Fix, where we, where we talk about various ways to get break into industries that you might be indist- in, uh, interested in. <laughs> so I think it'll be an interesting, I think Anton's point, and really my point too, is less to make a value judgment about how this is going to affect the industry and more that it's worth paying attention to if you're interested in how the industry works, because yeah. it's going to so, be a big shakeup, I think. Over so, time. Uh, so Andre, mm-hmm. um, do you think this means that Square Enix, like I think they're, they're based out of Tokyo, right? They have to be. Yeah, I think so, yeah. 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 Like, um, Does that mean that someone from Hokkaido could now apply and work at Square Enix without ever having to leave like Sapporo? Or like, were they... <laughs> I mean, like, you know... Um... That, I, 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 I'm just curious because like I don't really know the the work dynamic like the workplace dynamic in Japan like if that's something that seems... I mean I work I work in a school uh, <laughs> of course <laughs> I, I wish I could telecommute man uh, if I could do like zoom classes with my kids it'd be I mean be a fucking nightmare but it'd be like you know just for like you know doing a however many like 700 uh, elementary school kids it's like a week or whatever is already rough but um, I guess I could cut down my class sizes. I don't, you know, whatever. It doesn't matter. Teaching, teaching language over zoom doesn't seem like a good time. Uh, <laughs> like I, it seems like it would be able to open up things. Cause it's not like, it's not super difficult to get from like Sapporo to Tokyo or whatever you do need to, but I, there might be issues with like internet in more rural areas. Sure. Um, and so like, you know, that's going to limit things, but I think the government in Japan is doing some is taking steps to like make uh, homework more feasible 
tele telecommuting because mm. like at the start of the Japan is a very paper-based society. It's like, and they have like official seals called honko, which are like stamps. You don't sign things, you use your stamp. Yep. And so when the like pandemic started and people were locked down, like working from home, they would still have to go into the office three days a week or something to get things stamped and to print things out because they, that's how things have always been done. And now that is slowly getting, that is starting to get phased out. Cause it's like, we just, we need to stop this. This is, this is not making any sense yeah. for where we are. And like, for if we want to be, yeah, for, you know, being yeah. competitive in the world and stuff like that, we want to keep that as part of our culture, but like in business, we need to eliminate it. Sure. Uh, so like stuff well, like, you know, the removal of stuff like that, I don't know how like prevalent that stuff is in game dev. Um, but you know, keeping like, you know, there are steps being taken to make remote work more feasible. And so I, it, they all, the government also wants to get people out of the cities into more rural areas and like, mm. you know, to get people to spread out. Uh, so I think, like those things combined, maybe someone in Hokkaido or, you know, in like Fukushima could get a job with Square Enix uh, and telecommute. And, you know, maybe once a month or whenever they have to, you know, ride the uh, bullet train and go into Tokyo for something. But for the most part, they can just do their thing at home. I, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's a cool I know, prospect. I know for my purposes, I would fucking love to have the ability to like live with like family for three months out of the year and go back and mm -hmm. forth uh, a little bit. Yeah. Um, that would be, and then you're so keeping a, becomes an apartment normal. in Tokyo that you're not living in for three months. Yeah. But I yeah, mean, obviously yeah. it's a, it's a, it's more complicated than just saying that, but um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah I, I think, I think uh, it would be cool to be able to be less tied to a specific spot mm -hmm. um, for, for working. Yeah. You can uh, be a, what do they call that? A digital nomad. Mm hmm. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Oh my god. Uh so yeah, that's that's Square Enix. We'll we'll see how that impacts if that does anything to impact like games like Final Fantasy 16. I think that'll be the game that really we mm. see the in, the effects of this stuff um Most creative business unit 2 or whatever. Yeah. 69. And you know, what's going to end up happening is, you know, post COVID I think there's going to be a lot of people who say, no, I want to go work in an office because that just works better for me. Um, sure. yeah. So, I, so. I mean, there are, yeah, there are people who that works better. There are people who telework works better. So, yeah. you know, the, the uh, option is the yeah, option yeah. is good. Yes, it's good. It's, it's definitely good. Um, but I think there's probably people who are going to prefer the traditional sure. setup too. So, yeah. Uh, speaking of traditional setups, Cyberpunk 2077 leaked uh, with retail copies out in the wild, and folks are uploading uh, like PS4 gameplay. I don't know if there's Xbox gameplay. I, I, I haven't know, seen any it, gameplay. I haven't seen it either, but from what I've heard, it's rough, and it's they really did need that crunch time on that patch. I mean, not that I'm saying yeah. it's good that they crunched or whatever, but... Yeah, they needed, sounds, the, they needed more time to like, like they, iron they, it out. Yeah, that that day one patch... Hopefully, we'll fix a lot of problems that that game has. Uh, yeah, uh, I have not. I saw that the that stuff had leaked, and I immediately went on Twitter as like mute Cyberpunk. Yeah, and, no, I, I've been avoiding know. it too, but I have heard it implied that it both looks bad and runs bad on PS4, uh -huh, uh -huh. which Oof. is not a good combination. Well, uh, given how rough 
Black Ops Cold War ran for me. That's not surprising, actually. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think I think the thing about this that would be I mean, and maybe the day one patch will make it much more playable on PS4. The frustrating thing to me is if you made a PS5 game, you know, it's good to have the PS4 option, but it's like not all the way to being a PS5 game either. That stuff is coming mm-hmm. later, the full yeah. patches for that. And yet the PC version sounds like it's basically next gen. So yeah, it's like, it's, yeah, it's frustrating to, to hear that. It just shows that that game has been so mismanaged because mm-hmm. it seems like with all of this, with like, what are we at? Like 12 weeks of crunch time for the, for the devs and not just no, crunch okay. like that, that we know. Of. <laughs> well, we know. Uh, yes. I'm saying in this push that they talked yeah, about mm-hmm, that they admitted yeah. to, uh, for, again, from what I have heard, I think we're it, on like year two for years. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, like, all this time was spent to get it to a state where it runs okay on PS4 and there still isn't all the PS5 enhancements in like nothing. I'm not faulting the people actually working yeah. on it, but I am faulting well, the people running the project. Well, I, yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. This, fucking schedule this game was supposed to, this game was supposed to come out in May. Yeah. Right. So mm-hmm. like, yeah, you know, <laughs> uh, it like, it's, it's probably for the best that they were just like, we'll get to the next gen stuff after we get like the current gen stuff working or, you know, or they say, well, we're just, we're canceling the current, you know, we're canceling the PS4 and Xbox one version. It's only the, you know, the PS5. Which they can't and, do because of the yeah. install bases on those platforms. Exactly. exactly. And, and they shouldn't do frankly, because it's hard to get those and there's people yeah. who've been waiting a long time for this game. So yeah. I, I, I think it's good that they're still putting them out. Um, I think you should always have the option. I think if the game runs like shit, it runs like shit. But I also come mm-hmm. at it from a PC perspective where no one's going to tell you you can't try to play this game on a 760 or whatever. Uh, <laughs> you're just not going to have a good time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't know. I think it's good that they're doing it. But um, I it seems like that studio needs to get the fuck over their whole Metacritic thing and just do things in early access. They even have a platform where they could say, like, look, we're putting it out and GOG early access or whatever because mm-hmm. it seems like if they had done that it could have led to like people being less angry about not being able to play it and then also they could maybe stretch the development of it out while they're making money from it a little bit more and say you know like hey we released it in may and now we're doing a year of early access on it or something yeah yeah <sighs> Have there? What's the largest company to do an early access game? Is it Larian with Baldur's Gate Three? Microsoft. Like, I mean, Obsidian. I guess yeah, they do their game. It. Yeah, their game preview and program. Sea of Thieves, right? I think, came out in game preview initially. Yeah, but maybe I think it did. Um, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could totally buy like a Founders early edition of Sea of Thieves that was like when it was still technically in beta. Okay. Um, and I mean, we say big like. The studio that makes Ark Survival Evolved makes a fuckload of money. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. game is enormously like, popular. Look at Minecraft. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But that, like, I mean, that's that obviously different. That's, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. That but was... like the studio that makes Ark put out Atlas <laughs> in early access and it's still mm-hmm. in early which access. Is, which is terrible. But yeah, that's a whole a, separate thing. Yeah, it's a deep conversation. <laughs> wasn't wasn't uh, one of the Mountain Blade games early access? It, Mountain Blade 2 is in early access. Yeah, that's a pretty uh, big company, rel- relatively yeah. speaking. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so, I mean, certainly large companies and, and um, there's uh, some of the stuff that, that comes out on Epic in like early access is from fairly large companies too, I want to say. 
So, I mean, oh, what was that Hades? one you talked about? Uh, Fuck, but, EA put put Plants vs. Zombies, Last Plants vs. Zombies game oh, yeah, out in early access. Right. And it's a good game. Yeah. It's not like, but, amazing, I, but it's good. But I wouldn't consider, like, is it Supergiant makes, like, you know, their name is Supergiant, but they are not, like, um, a they're massive studio. studio. They're, 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 yeah, yeah, they're a they're small like studio. They punch above their weight constantly, yeah. which yeah. Um, it's, it's fantastic. But I mean, but, Plants vs. Uh, Zombies is, is an enormous yeah, that's, name. Yeah, you're right. That was an early access game. So it, it looked, I'm reading apparently FIFA or FIFA 21 is early access. So. What? No, fuck off. Fuck that. <laughs> that's what it says. Uh, I, I'm believe reading, I believe you. I believe, I believe you. That call that them is as what I it see it. Says. Get the fuck out. <laughs> I'm not shooting the messenger. So, we're we're so, done with this conversation. So the, the, the there, there is precedent for large studios to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I was just wondering, and like, what is the largest I'll say, studio to do? That? I'll say FIFA 21, <laughs> like the biggest game, like, like the, like the most prestigious game. I guess I don't even know to do yeah. early access. I, I, I believe that they say that FIFA 21 is early access somewhere. It's not currently on Steam listed as an early access game. Right. So. Um, some of that I think is like sometimes I think there are studios wait, both large wait. and small that use the term early access to cover their asses wait, for the is fact that, that just, it's not been QA'd. If you just mean like oh if you have like EA what is it EA Play you get like early access to FIFA 21 like a week early or something? No Is idea. that what you're thinking of? It no could idea. be that that's what it's that's talking about. probable because that's one of the benefits you get with like the EA origin access premiere or whatever they call it now but like something like grounded something like grounded is in early i mean it's in game preview it's in yeah totally um uh i think big studios have done it and it just seems like that it it may not have solved anything but it just seems like that uh, is yeah is is better for it's for like loot i was i saw someone talking like loot games like avengers could have very much benefited like those types of games could very much benefit from like an early access thing. So people can figure out what works about this game and the loop and what doesn't. Mm. And, you know, you can say, Hey, we're going to wipe all this before like, you know, 1.0 or whatever, but like, we're going to, we're going to figure this out together. We're going to find a good loop and make it work. Cause that's basically the problem with a lot of these games is like the loop isn't great. And you have like a content dearth problem too, where they're just, you know, people burn through what there is so fast, but, and early access won't solve that, but it could solve a lot of the like early growing pains of these games. Did you talk about that one news story that we have on our list about adventures? Cause it could Not yet. I mean, help we could solve that very problem. I mean, we can just briefly say like, it they have like not the- recouped development costs of the Avengers game. Yeah. And yeah. if you have a game, if that game had come out in early access, then it would have created a bunch of people that bought it who are early adopters and who really want to play it. And then when it hit 1.0, it, then it could have been a better game mm-hmm. and ushered in a big new wave of players. So, and that would, have, it, yeah. that would have massively helped the word of mouth. I totally. Think. Yeah. Yes. Cause like because like the, fir- the yeah the first time people played that game, they were like, "This is okay, but it's kind of broken and it's kind of shitty." But parts of it are cool. But maybe if they fixed it, it would be okay. But so that like turns so many people off. They're like, "I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna buy that." Yeah. That's and that's I mean $60. the problems with that game are in its end game. If <laughs> mm-hmm. like 
I, upon finishing the campaign, I was like, yeah, this is going to sneak in at like eight or nine on my game of the year list. This is pretty good. And then I started playing more of the service game stuff. And now it probably would be listed as my most disappointed game. The game I'm most disappointed about this year because the end game is so bad. Uh, that's, so, which yeah. is funny because it's my like, oh, I was pleasantly surprised by this, even though like I also think it's bad, but it's much better than I thought it would be. Yeah, I mean the campaign and stuff for sure. Well, it um, it is simultaneously exactly what I thought it would be and better than I thought it would be. Yeah, like the campaign for sure for me, and then yeah, I got to the yeah. service game part, and it's like the choices that they made, the choices that they made, not just like mm-hmm, it has mm-hmm. technical problems, the decisions, the design decisions that were made in how to keep you playing and on a treadmill are so mm-hmm. terrible. It actually took away from my feelings about the game as a whole. Uh, and I can't like celebrate mm-hmm. the campaign anymore because I know how bad the stuff bolted onto the end of it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, they should have just made a Miss Marvel game. Uh, I think they could have, they should have and could have done a lot of things. Yes. Uh, speaking of things you could have done, you could have bought an Xbox Series S and used it to emulate like a PS2 or something. I don't know. A lot of stuff. A Virtual Boy? <laughs> don't know about Virtual Boy. Maybe. You need uh, a Vectrex. Vectrex. Oh, man. Yeah, Touchmaster. Um, it's a Jaguar. Se- uh, the, the Sega Master System. Yeah, you can actually do Sega Master System. Um, so... There, there's a channel we've talked about their channel before uh wonder modern, swan i wonder if you could but uh modern vintage gamer we've talked about their channel before a variety of times and they put out a really nice kind of 15 minute video talking about um how people are using the xbox series s uh the the smaller one the one that looks like a boombox as just an amazing emulation tool like the emulation scene has been strong for a long time and like you can uh, use raspberry Pis and Arduinos and stuff even to an extent to do emulation, but it's not great. Like mm. once you get yeah. to the 3d rendered stuff, like you get to PS one stuff, PS two stuff and 64 stuff okay. that ain't going to work. Uh, but the series S costs about as much as like an Nvidia shield, which was like the previous standard setter, like a little mm. bit more 50 bucks more. I guess. Um, and it can emulate pretty much anything with really strong fidelity. And mm. it's pretty crazy actually. Uh, so the, the emulation scene is basically falling in love with it. And that's mm. because it's really easy to get the emulation to work. You don't need to jailbreak your system. You don't need to do any mods to it. Um, basically all you need to do is sign up. Like, you know how, Back in the Xbox One days, they were touting like, oh, every Xbox One can be used as a developer kit. Yes. Uh, they're just leveraging that. There, mm-hmm. You sign up, like you turn the box into developer mode, you download this app, which is like developer access or something, I forget what it's called, mm-hmm. and you pay Microsoft 20 bucks, one-time fee, um, which is like their license for being able to be a developer on that machine, and you can run RetroArch on it. And that gets you access to like all of the emulators, PSP emulators and PlayStation two and dreamcast and Saturn. And uh, finally I can play dragon ball Z Tenkaichi two. Exactly. Finally, this is the only way you could have done so. Yep. Yeah. So it's really cool. Um, can you emulate a PS three on this thing? 
Not yet. Can you play Bloodborne? Or not Bloodborne. <laughs> Can you play Demon Souls on an Xbox Series S? No, but you can play Dolphin. So you can play Super Mario Galaxy. <laughs> or like, any, yeah, you can play Super Mario Sunshine. If you really wanted, yeah. Um, but it's cool. Like, there's... it. Microsoft has been so much more friendly towards these scenes. Like, Microsoft isn't shutting this stuff down either. Like, they're they're like, yeah, this is something you want to do mm-hmm. with it. Okay. Like, it's... Microsoft has just been so much more open about this stuff, and I think that's that's cool. Yeah, that's... Uh, that's neat. I, I'm surprised. Because there have been, like, all sorts of, like... Uh, emulation stuff that's kind of popped up on there before uh, or like interesting like apps and they're like nope this, we're going to shut this down like I think Rainway or something is that like a streaming thing yeah I'm not super familiar uh, with it but I remember hearing it yeah like that was like on and then it was taken off and you know stuff like that um, who who knows what was up with that but um, yeah, yeah it's uh, interesting it's cool. uh, I'll make sure to link to that video in the description or in the, um the show sure. notes. uh next up uh we're going from the series s the xbox series s to the playstation 5 and yep. it's a cooling situation yeah did you watch that video i did not uh I, I but i saw some stuff about maybe the cooling ain't great in some news stories but i didn't have time to dig into it but but they used liquid metal in the big fan <laughs> how could so, it how could there be a problem so the thing is with a lot of the reporting on it on the ps5's heat uh you would see a lot of reports of journalists or tech journalists or whatever taking a thermal camera and pointing it at the ps4 pointing it at the vents etc mm-hmm. like and you were, they were showing those images and those temperatures that were coming out of it but that's absolutely useless because mm-hmm. the vent is where hot air is supposed to come out of like yes that's the way it works. So of course that's going to be hot. Like, (laughs) so what they're showing is nothing of use. Um, Mm -hmm. so what gamers Nexus did, and I will again, link to this video in the show notes. Um, they actually pulled the PS five completely apart, threw in some thermal monitors across multiple components, and then ran it through a series of stress tests, like going into Astro's playroom and going to some spots that had like lots of effects going on. Like, uh, the, the part that has like a bunch of like particle effects and cloud effects and like a bunch of NPCs on screen just to get everything kicked up into overdrive and like trying to get everything working as hard as it could. Mm-hmm. And that's where they were taking their readings. And they were able to see that like, yeah, the CPU cooler with the liquid metal, pretty good. That stuff is going all right. And like ventilation, good. Uh, but the thing they found is that the memory in specific was doing a really, 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 really bad job at cooling. And in fact, they were worried that it was actually going to start like melting parts of the case. And, uh, like, it seems like it could be an issue, especially because there's no thermal pads on it. There's nothing to really provide cooling for it. Unless you take the wings off. They said if they left the wings of the PS five off, it was a little better, like marginally better, but um, but they were actually doing more harm in specifically for the memory than anything else. So they're worried that like the memory might end up being a failure point in the next few years. Mm, interesting. Yeah. It's, it's a good watch. It's a pretty technical watch. Like they get deep into the actual 
like much like Gamers Nexus does, they get deep into graphs and like data and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Which, if you're interested in it, it is cool. Uh, you can just skip kind of to the conclusion if you want. But yeah, it makes makes you think. I wonder if we're going to run into a red ring situation with the PS5 in like a year or two. Yeah, that's uh, I, you know the. Uh, these consoles have not been without their problems. Uh, the no. PS4, uh, the PS3 also had issues. You know, the Xbox 360 famously. Did, did the um, Xbox One have any issues? I don't even remember, honestly. Yeah, it was just kind of a piece of junk. Well, at launch, yeah. But like, did, did, <laughs> uh, ever, did it ever have, like, hardware issues? Uh, not, that I, not that I know of. Yeah, because, like, you had, like, the yellow light. Nobody owned them, so, like, you know, I, nobody, you know nobody knows. Yeah. They're just a myth. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, you did have like the yellow light of death and stuff for PlayStation, but I, yeah, I don't, re- I don't really remember anything terrible about the Xbox one. If you yeah, listener have send a message to us at fix podcasts on Twitter. <laughs> Cause I can't remember. Or, or gaming at fix.space. Yeah. Also, by the way, by the way, we've lost Pat. We don't know where he went. Yeah. He's, he's just, he's gone probably with dog. Probably. But that's okay. You know what? I'm, I missed a good segue. Uh, yeah. we, what we should have talked about. Let's let's take back that whole right. conversation. Let's roll it back. Yep. So what was wrong? We'll what, come, did it, was anything wrong with the Xbox One? I don't even remember. No, 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 uh, not that. No, I mean so we, this this leave whole the, leave con- the leave the wings off. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, we got to go. We got to go all the way back to uh, emulation. So RetroArch. RetroArch. <laughs> what if you could uh, put RetroArch on a handheld device that only played Super Mario Brothers? Uh-huh. Uh, Wait, but it where? was like a Game and Watch. But then instead of you just like, well, if what? you could put like another another game on like any sort of like weird like uh-huh. little tech thing, what game yeah. would you put on there? Ridge Racer. Ridge. A giant enemy crab. Ridge Racer. <laughs> Pat has returned. No, you, Pat, you missed all the technical talk. It was fun. Yeah. He uh, heard it. It was good timing. Uh, <laughs> we <kidding>. got... <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> we we got... Uh, and some dog duty. Gross. Mm, great. Censor that. She um, refused I'll, to take I'll a dump in the dark it. last night. So. And, so did she then take a dump in did the light dump on your by daylight? Floor? No, outside. Thankfully, okay. it was it was enormous. Dumb by daylight. <laughs> so, Andre, what are you getting at? <laughs> uh, remember how Nintendo put out that game and Mario thing or whatever the Mario yeah. game and watch. Game and Allison watch. bought one. Yep. Uh, somebody put Doom on it. Of course, they nice, did. sick. Yes. <laughs> Damn. Now I can't get one either. Damn. Yeah. I uh, apparently today, but I don't need this in my life. Apparently the frame rate is really bad, <laughs> but it does People, work. And it's, uh, it's full color. Someone ran Doom on a pregnancy test. Like, say, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but like uh, it's like full color. It's like actual PC Doom, but okay. it's it's the frame rate is like, well, hey, how, I many, remember, how many seconds per frames do you get? I remember my first experience with getting things to run on things they aren't supposed to run on was getting uh-huh. Doom to play on the PlayStation Portable. And it was like, holy shit. <laughs> and I was basically like, I bet I could play any game on the PlayStation Portable. Uh, <laughs> it's like, I bet I could. I spent a long time trying to figure out how to get The Sims to run on PlayStation Portable. That would have been that awesome. Was, that was a that was a big one. 
And then they just put out the Sims herbs or whatever. <laughs> and then they just started making Sims games for consoles and handhelds. <sighs> herbs. All right. Herbs. And herbs. 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 You are busy. Uh, the oh. Black Eyed Peas. The Black Eyed Peas were characters <laughs> in that game. You could just Why? like hang out with them with Will I Am and Fergie. That's I can only, think of, only those two. No, no, no like Apple D app and, and yeah, uh, Taboo. All, yeah, Taboo. Yeah, think, they were all. They were all. I have the same birthday as Taboo. That's funny. There's few experiences I want less than that. <laughs> what, having the same birthday What's as one of the Black, Black Eyed Peas. No, I don't, the Black Eyed Peas are terrible. Eh, ever, there's worse <laughs> things out there. Uh, there are there are much worse things. Like her, like when we, when you said herbs, the first thing that came or herbs. Yeah, sorry, I'm herbs, thinking herbs. Herbs, herbs and, is and a different I, Sims game. I, I, I immediately thought of Herbie in the Sims. <laughs> Herbie, Herbie, fully loaded. In the Sims. No, they still don't have fucking cars in The Sims 4. So no. You can't fuck cars in The Sims 4? No, no. You also can't own oh, them. So Lightning McQueen is a children's character. You do no not fuck him. No dragons, no fucking cars, not in. Are there uh, dragons in The Sims? Probably. Nah, I'm, I'm looking it up now. Uh, well, no. I <laughs> it always comes can, back to this, doesn't it? Can, I don't think you can woohoo dragons. Dragons are hatched from dragon eggs. They can be purchased okay. from yeah, Vicky Vampress. Say, I thought that they existed. I don't think you can woohoo them. Um, <laughs> I'm sure dragons some also, enterprising player. Uh, yeah, dragons uh, appear in The Sims 4 Realm of Magic and The Sims yeah. Free Play. They, someone should make a... Like a uh, Elder Scrolls Sims game. That's what. That's Bethesda what I want. Should do now. That's what I want. I and want them to put the Sims to dragons. map the Sims to uh like cool different experiences. I want a Star Trek Sims game. I don't want like oh no. I don't care about like flying the ships around. I want to manage the lives of the crew uh-huh. while they're on a Star Trek vessel. I have All made right. a bad search. Yeah, I I heard you say that, and I kind of kept talking over it because I didn't want you're you're. you're <laughs> You have to just burn that computer now. You can't. Burn your Google account. You have to. The FBI is going to be after this computer. Yeah. <laughs> You're not even in the United States, but the FBI is coming for you. It's, it's, well, yeah. it's international, so it's the CIA. And yeah, uh, yeah. Our, our condolences to the Canadian government. I do like this one, though. Just the title of I need DM advice from the DND subreddit of their entire crew wants to fuck one dragon. Anyways. Like independently, Red Dead Online <laughs> is going to become a standalone <laughs> product on December first for like five bucks. Uh, well, yes. five bucks to start. Yeah, yeah. well, Free to yeah. start. Red Dead Online will be the definition of five bucks to start or yeah. blank to start. Because no, I think I think they said they're going to raise the price to twenty bucks, fifteen or twenty bucks later. Oh, it's like the that introductory process. Yeah, because um, I heard that it was going to cost twenty dollars, and then I was playing Call of Duty with friends last night, and one of them was like, "No, it's going to be five dollars." It's going to be and five dollars really for an like argument, a few months or something like it. that. Don't pay money. Red Dead Two is really cool, and if you're patient, it's a great game. I don't think it's worth paying money for Red Dead Online. It thing, sounds like it's kind of bad. It is bad. It is. But, it's not good. Like so it's just, like it's gotten not enough content, and the stuff they have put in has been like really weird and, and kind it of exploitative. Money. It sounds you have like to pay so much money to keep playing it. Yeah, like because you have to in order to unlock like the interesting content that's there, you have to pay these gold bars, which cost money to get. Mm-hmm. So 
It's like you have to pay like fifteen dollars to do to get like a three hour long story thing. It's yeah, which if it was just introduced as additional content for for it, whatever. But it's scummy the way that it's, it's kind of the do only you, thing there is. Yeah. Do you think they broke it out because it was just failing? And they just wanted to get something in front of people that they could actually like maybe be tempted I, by. It's like, oh, this is five bucks. Why not? I, I think, well, I don't know. Red Dead sold really well. I don't, obviously it hasn't been out as long as GTA five, but mm. I imagine like GTA just holds like a much like higher, I, like popularity. So if they can break out, like say, oh, it's, you know, it's five bucks or, you know, it's cheap to start. They can start to pull more people towards that new thing. So they don't have to keep making it. I don't know. The thing about know. it is I don't, one, I don't know. I know Red Dead 2 sold really well. I assume it made money, but also that game was in development for like seven years. Yeah. So yeah. it's possible that but, it was not as big of a financial success as Take-Two wanted, even given the success that mm-hmm. it had. Two, yeah. they're not selling you the single player by itself. You can upgrade no. from this online version to get the single player. It seems like they should break the single player out because that's the good part of the game. But then on top of that, I feel yeah. like they are approaching this the wrong way. I think you're right, Alex, that they're just saying like, hey, just come play the online to try to build the player base. But they're trying to do that before they work on the game and get the content where it needs to be, which to yeah. me is backwards. So it seems like they should work with the player base that they have to make something. I mean, the Red Dead subreddit, again, I don't use Reddit a lot, but I have a friend who likes, who wishes Red Dead Online was better. They're not like delusional about thinking it's in a good place, <laughs> but they've played a lot of it and they wish that it was better. And so they like talk about how that subreddit is basically like a parody of itself at this point mm. because there's nothing to talk about because they never fucking add anything. And mm. so the subreddit is just people like posting like, what do you think it's going to be this week? And it's always just devolves into memes and jokes because they never do it. They don't listen to the community at all. Mm. They, they put things, they'll put like an hour of content in every three months. <laughs> so like, yeah. And they'll it's, also break the game and like make yes. it so guns don't work or something and at the same like, time. Also, it's really easy to exploit in that game. So you can just like ruin a whole lobby's time. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can do that in GTA Online as well. But because GTA Online has engaging stuff to do, yeah, it's worth putting up with. Which With Red Dead Online, it's like, what's the point? I remember I started playing Red Dead Online and I was like, this is cool. I made a character. This world is so ri- enriching. Even if all I do is just go around and do bounties or whatever, that's fine with me because it's so engaging to explore this world and track people and kill them But because it's got good stuff. But be, then I beyond, looked, to buy a sorry. new gun, it was going to take me like 20 to 30 hours of grinding because of the costs Oof. of shit in that game. And to even yeah. become a bounty hunter, you have to pay $15 to unlock the job. <laughs> So, like 15 real like, world dollars? Yes. Or, yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> like real world dollars to unlock the profession. That's so uh, stupid. But but yes. like the thing for me, just like I don't I'm I'm not gonna play either of them, but just from the outside, isn't GTA Online basically track mania to an extent where it's just ridiculous and ludicrous and it's like you're making tracks where you're flying things and then going upside down on like these basically that hot wheel things. That is part things. of it. That but is like, part it, of it. It has that's a like, specific track mania mode, yeah. Yeah, and like that's a huge appeal for a lot of people. How can you do that in Red Dead? You can't get a do it horse, horse or like you can't a, get a horse cart. going that fast. Well, I think horse you make a good point that I think that there's a lot more room to get in like just wild in GTA Online. Right. That's, but I would yeah. say that the the stuff that really keeps people coming back to GTA Online is 
more the like you can own a casino, you can own um you 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 own like you buy like super yachts and then do all mm. kinds of shit from them. You mm. do hi- the heists are heists, a huge yeah. draw for people, which are not sure. super goofy. The heists yeah, are, are like they're pretty concentrated. You could do heists like that in Red Dead Online. Yeah. Like there's definitely stuff they could do and make it interesting, but they still haven't really committed to the idea of it being part of the problem with it is it's it's not destiny but in the old west which is i think what it kind of needed to be for it to work is it needed to be this like evolving narrative where you're constantly improving your character and new stuff is coming out and instead it's like a free roam mode for red dead Mm. it's like the real old west yeah which is kind of (laughs) boring uh, to play in perpetuity as a service game the reason that the single player in Red Dead 2 is really good is because it's an incredibly engaging story from what I've played and have heard from friends mm-hmm. who finished it. Yeah. Um, it's hard to get through because it's so long, but that it's really powerful yeah. when you yeah. actually play through it. But that's because of the narrative elements of it, not, yeah. not because it's like fun to do the, it's not fun to upgrade your Arthur. <laughs> uh, yeah. it's, but it's, man, imagine if you could strap rockets to the back of that horse and just, Fucking fly, yeah. fly to the moon with it. Well, you you strap a, you you strap that horse to a bridge and then you fly to the moon. It's uh, not a, that's currently I what's mean, happening. It's not the game that I want. <laughs> what I want is they're actually not that far off from what I would want out of that game. But the fact that they don't, they also don't let you say, "Okay, I'm going to play and explore a breadth of content with just my friends." You can't do that either. There's no way to do like, as far as I know, the last time I played. My friends and I could not just say we're going to make new characters and treat this like a survival game where we play mm-hmm. together in this world. It's like mm-hmm. it's more like um, it's it's kind of like Fallout 76 where like you still have to load into a world with 12 other people if you're a group of four and almost odds are one of those people is going to be hacking and like basically standing on a mountain and lasering people across the map with an aimbot. Mm-hmm. Um, cool and it sucks <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's, no, it's not fun to engage with on any level yeah uh, and i say that and in and, and fallout 76 comparison is only in the style of the lobbies i don't think fallout has the same problems anymore um that it used to with that kind of stuff so fair enough yeah i don't know let's don't buy red dead online <laughs> no probably not uh it's probably wait for safe. it to become fully free it'll become fully free in a year i bet uh mm. And our last news story for this week, uh, speaking of service games with uh, great content, Hitman 3 has revealed its first new location. I do not know how to say this. It's in China. Uh, Chongqing. Okay. And uh, I, I did not see. Is this like the... They showed like a little brief something at the reveal. I can't remember what it was. There now. were shots from this, I think. In the reveal event, they showed Maybe. like... It wasn't... I can't okay, remember. You couldn't tell that that's what it was. But there were like skyscrapers and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just like, here's like some like teasing. And then now, what did they actually show in this like uh, this reveal? They They showed a lot. It was a lot of, it was like a blend. It was only like two or three minutes. It was pretty short, mm-hmm. but it was a lot of the level itself with like in-game, like moving around mm-hmm. and how it's going to look in-game. But also they like broke it out to the engine level and like showed like, oh, look how many AIs were running. And it's like showing. That's cool. 
that kind of shit. And it was like, how many now triangles? We're getting like, now we're getting like 300 to 500 of these all working independently in a level. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it was actually pretty crazy. And how many triangles? Uh, at least two. Um, Damn. But, yeah, I know. It's the power of the PS5. It's fidelity, baby. But um, the in game, like, they did the thing you want from racing games is they showed it raining and they showed mm. wet pavement and they showed a wet agent 47 head reflecting rain yeah. and all that kind of stuff. It was, it actually Sick. looked, fuck, it looked fucking wonderful. It looked really, really, really good. Was it like, running on PS? Like, was it a target for PS five? Do you know? Or was that I believe just so. like, yeah, I believe I so. wonder if you can transfer your, they should make it so you can transfer your saves from PC to PS five. Cause I, they, God, I can't, the, I wonder what that VR mode is going to be. Oh man. Yeah. I, I think I'm still going to play it on PC, but I don't want to buy it on Epic, but I also don't want to wait a year. Is it, so wait, is Epic exclusive? Epic what? Yep. What the yep. fuck? Yep. Can I get, bring my <laughs> steam? Yes. You okay. can bring your steam save over. You okay. log into your account, your world of assassination oh, like, account or okay. whatever okay. that already exists. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say this isn't specific to the Chong, the Shangqing thing, but, io with hitman has to me i said like in one way assassin's creed nails what i want from service games Mm. but io has done it in a way that actually is like also a live thing Mm -hmm. where it's so fucking cool that they just put out a new shell and then they back improve Mm -hmm. all the old oh yeah totally but you can still focus on leveling up the missions from the first game in the mm-hmm. Hitman. I assume in the Hitman Three shell, you can do it in Hitman Two, and they yeah, seem to so. indicate that Hitman Three is going to be the same um, thing. Yeah, they they, 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 they they talked about that. Yeah, they update that's all the so shit. Cool. That is, is awesome. like it's awesome. It's it's how these kinds of yearly games should work. In my, yeah. Or not yearly, obviously, but like these kinds of like iterative mm-hmm. franchises should work to me. To my in my opinion, yeah. Uh, like my only so cool. my only critique of hitman two is that I kind of preferred the hitman one style of like releasing a new level every month or two. Mm-hmm. Cause yeah. that, that felt more like you're coming back to it and getting more experiences. That's like, uh, like you're, you're spending more time focusing on an individual level. Yeah. Because, yeah. Yeah. You know, you're, you're playing the content that's there and I actually preferred mm-hmm. that, but that's the content in hitman two was still really strong. So, and you can yeah. kind of do it that way if you want. I know I, I spent like six hours on that first safe house level. Or I oh, totally. made, yeah. tried to do every single objective there. Um, and then eventually I broke down and just played the rest of the game through. But um, if yeah. you have the willpower, you can do it. But I see what you're saying. It does kind of force you into that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Restrictions can be a good thing. <laughs> Speaking of IO, oh. did, did James Bond. Oh yeah. We talked was about that, that last week. Uh, that we, was, we that was last week. Last I, week. I, I, yeah. What is time? I don't know. I wasn't here. There, okay. I mean, they remained last the, week. Okay. The, the studio to do it. And I think, what the, the the new piece of conversation I heard around that that was interesting was they talked about it a little bit on Waypoint and I think it's they they smartly pointed out their Rob smartly pointed out that like I O is the perfect studio to sell to the James Bond people that they're making a really reverent serious entry and then also you can like throw your shoe and they just mm-hmm. don't show that in the trailers and stuff who throws like, a shoe <laughs> honestly <laughs> like in Hitman in Hitman in the trailers it's always pretty played pretty straight and pretty yep. like mm-hmm. serious yeah. but, then but then you, you get actually into play them. the game yeah. you can throw you can kill every target with a soup can if you want to or spaghetti so what if, what if instead like they say it's uh, it's james bond but they actually just make an austin powers game 
Oh my god. Um, I think yeah, simultaneously, baby. IO Interactive would be my the studio I would want most to make both a James Bond and an Austin Powers game. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like Austin Powers would be an absolutely amazing DLC to the James Bond game. Totally. You could totally, or just to Hitman. <laughs> or to Hitman, yeah. You have to kill elusive, Austin Powers. Elusive, yeah, elusive target Austin Powers. Uh, but I, as someone who is, uh, I, I, I shamefully will admit that I still laugh at Austin Powers pretty much any time I see things from Austin Powers come up. Uh, and I was an enormous Austin Powers fan when I was a kid. Um, the I think it would be great if someone made a game, but they didn't do the like super cartoony style that is obvious, but instead did like Hitman style, like hyper realistic <laughs> stuff, but with that character in it, in the middle of it. Or Mr. Bean. Bean. I don't, I don't, I'm not with that as much. I know that I respect Alex Navarro's um, critical apparatus, but I just, uh, not into the Mr. Bean. I no, game. but I don't like Mr. Bean. Uh-huh. Period. Mm-hmm. Generally. Okay, that's fair. It's not a Mr. Bean fan. I admit. We're going to lose like 10 of our listeners because of this. Thanks, Pat. So we're going to lose Sam. <laughs> Sam doesn't listen. That's true. <laughs> we're going to get a message in about 48 hours that's like, yes, I do. <laughs> Sam, if you, if you hear this, uh, scream into the void. Yeah, and about Mr. Bean. Yeah, about Mr. Bean. God, now I'm thinking about elusive targets and stuff that would be fun. Yeah. Oh, there's so many. I mean, we've we've had this discussion before, we but have... is there any new elusive targets you'd like to see? Well, if the we're rock. if we're breaking beyond humans in the real world, then there's like a shit ton of anime characters that would be hilarious. Yeah. Especially if they kind of Goku. I think <laughs> I think um, Io could make a really good the boys game where you have to figure out how to kill the different superheroes. I I really I still they need to do like a comic convention. Yes. Like, oh man! Yes, they do. And they like, can have you a kill a problematic idea. comic book creator, <laughs> which <laughs> who's one? somehow tied into the global whatever. Yeah, that's. A very good idea, comic so, convention. The God. real thing I would say before we close out, I think this is our last yeah. story, is what I want to see from Hitman in the future. I think them adding like more layers of AI tech is cool. Then I, I'm that's awesome. But I would love to see those environments get even more like, like if there's a place with skyscrapers, it oh, would yeah. be cool if you could yeah. go up into them. And yeah, I was gonna say mm-hmm. Shangxing looks like it's actually pretty vertical, which yeah, is and cool. like and. It would be cool if you could like actually interact, like if you have a sniper rifle in a skyscraper and you're yeah. a thousand feet in the air and you could actually take a shot at someone uh, walking yeah, on the ground. I'm, that would just, that'd be awesome. They did a bit of that with... Uh, the Mumbai level kind yeah. of did a tiny bit of that. I want to yeah. see more of that kind of yeah, 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 yeah. thing. Um, yeah. Where it's got like super rich environments where Was you're not... The- necessarily incentivized to go to an area but you can mm. find cool stuff there to, to yeah i mean yeah because like all those maps you can like if you can find a vantage point you can see all the way across um, right yeah. you're just limited um, by the tech really like draw distance and stuff like that but right right uh, the mumbai level that was the hotel one there is no there's oh, the, no, so was, there's right, the, right, they're right. like 
there's just a lot going on on that level. There's like a prison, or not like a prison. There's like a rebel base thing. No, and that's oh, like a skyscraper. This was this was in Hitman. This was in Hitman Two, right? Yeah, yeah, there's yeah, the yeah. train yard. Okay. There's the train yeah, the, yard. Yeah. There's the woman you have to kill thing. in the who's like the mystic in the train yard. Yeah, you have to go up the tower and kill the film director guy. Right, yeah, he's yeah, on yeah, a skyscraper. Right, 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 right. Um, and then it has the markets area. There's also the one from the first Hitman that has the markets and the rebel base. And then, um, then there's also oh, yeah. the hotel one. <laughs> well, no, because <laughs> there's three like different there's levels. the guy. The guy who is in like there's like in like the kind of the city like in the kind of the the, the skyscraper like the, well no there's like a place that's like further and is like in like a bunker basically that's in that not, in that level that's not the level, level with the skyscraper and the film director Those yes are it is levels. isn't it yeah no it no because there's in the i don't think so because in the that level there's a guy who you don't know what he looks like and you have to investigate him to figure out who he is to kill him and then there's the train yard lady and then there's the skyscraper guy I don't think. Oh no! It's it's. Oh you know, yeah, yeah. It, it is Mumbai casting a ghost. Yeah, that's totally the one I'm thinking of. Huh. Uh, well, I don't know. I guess I'm gonna have to replay Hitman too. To I've been question. thinking about oh, doing me. that myself. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about the train yard. Yeah, but uh, that yeah. level is that level. You could argue has too much going on. Um, yes, it's yes. Because cool I mean, we're has, sitting here going. Like, I remember the like going up and like the film director stuff, but it is the there's almost too like, much what? in, in yeah. that one. <laughs> yeah. Hitman 3, baby. Um, it's only like a month or two away, isn't it? Yeah, it's January, I think. What is... I don't remember this at all. What? <laughs> yeah. Do they add levels to Hitman 2? Yeah, they did. There's a there's like DLC. Oh. From what I heard, they weren't particularly good, but I want to go back and play them anyway, because yeah, even Bad Hitman no is good Hitman. Or even Bad Hitman is good. Put it that way. Sure. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Uh, well, I didn't let's... actually get the season pass with the game but i got it on sale since then um hmm. and they added like they added the, this new york bank level that supposedly is not great but mostly because it's tiny and then they added a like resort level hmm. uh, so, yeah but okay, it makes well. perception on those cool hmm. well with that Great news. Uh, that is going to do it for episode 149. Is that where we're at? Right? Short one this week. <laughs> Only two we and a half hours. No, yeah. We had no games to talk about. We still managed to talk for two and a half hours. Yep. Yeah. Uh, episode 149 on November 28th, 2020. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at fix podcasts or go over to fix.space where you can find an excellent article alex wrote about crunch and maybe some reviews of a review of umineko and maybe uh, i'm I'll, I'll write a review of yakuza once i beat it whenever that happens oh, um, yeah. i, I wonder what score andre will give yakuza <laughs> andre's mm. a, andre's a pretty I don't know. I, I no, can be I, tough, but no, no. I'm I mean, saying, currently it's a five. I, I, I was going to say, like, it seems pretty obvious because that game seems great. That's more I, what I'm saying. Games have been. <laughs> I have been known to sour on games in their, their in final their, moments, in their final hours. That's true. But That's true. Uh, Andre can be a fickle pretty, mistress. Tend, tends to stick the landing in yeah. in my experience. No, that, uh, yeah, sorry, but, that wasn't a take on Andre. That was a take on the fact that Yaxa seems really fucking good. It, it, it is. <laughs> it is really good. Uh, I'm enjoying it a lot. Uh, I still like Kiryu is still my boy. Uh, I have not been yeah. won over by uh, Ichiban. By, I like Ichiban, but he is he is no Kiryu. 
uh, Re- preview of the review. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, I have been your host, you. Andre Cole, aka your partner's favorite Rocky movie. Right. And you can find me on Twitter <laughs> at Coolslaw C O O L S L four W. Pat, where can people find you? Find me at PJC Play. And Alex, uh, you can find me doing that other podcast. Probably Wednesday. I don't know. We'll see. Wednesday seems like a good day for. Seem, seems like it. Seems like it's out of the way. I don't think yeah. anybody releases a podcast on Wednesday. Exactly. I'll tell you that part of that's because market research says that nobody pays attention to anything on Wednesday. <laughs> but, but I still think it's a good day. <laughs> <laughs> it proves the trend's wrong, baby. <laughs> uh, thanks for joining us, everybody. We'll be back next week. Happy uh, Thanksgiving weekend, I guess, or something. Hopefully you stayed at home and stayed healthy and safe if you're in America. The disappointing number of people that I know would... <laughs> They don't listen to shame. (laughs) They won't hear my t-shirt. All right. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. See y'all.